This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. What is going on, everybody? After a minute of technical difficulties, we are back and we are recording episode 35 of Pop mm-hmm. Culture Crisis. I am here with my co-host. Introduce yourself. Miracle Sam, nice to meet you. Can you hear yourself now? Yes, I can hear myself okay. now. I uh, I apologize about that. I was like, am I going insane? I don't know. Uh, maybe it was my, it's like a psyop on my part to, mm-hmm. to drive you nuts. Maybe. Like, <laughs> uh, we have another host today, a co-host. Uh, you're you're going to be on so much, you're going to eventually just be considered a co-host. <gasps> That's so exciting. Mm-hmm. Introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Hannah Claire Brimlow. I'm a writer for TimCast.com. How you doing today? I'm the head writer. Yes. Well, title titles are very important here at the office. Oh my God. Uh, they are? Apparently. Well, uh, if no, titles still exist and you're still technically the... Par- skate park manager nope it's uh it's been officially changed i am a uh, producer and host of this podcast so why does mine still say customer service because you are customer service first i am this i do this job first okay i think technically it goes by like whatever your first responsibility is yeah so. <laughs> i like on our company slack though everyone puts in like something weird mm-hmm. i think lydia says like chief cat herder Sounds about right. I, I don't know what I... I don't think I ever filled that. I don't I'm think also, I have one. I don't have one on mine. I appreciate the people who have done it. I have a question for you. You have a picture on, on the Slack. Do you have a picture on the Slack? I don't. I also don't have one on my author's page. I just don't have any current pictures of myself. You need that to get Jessica like, to draw one of you. That would be cool. Well, you can do what Chris Carr did. That meme of that one cat where yeah. it's like, I don't want to eat vegetables. Maybe I'll do my favorite meme. Uh, mm-hmm. Right now, it's my favorite GIF right now. GIF, GIF. It, it's, it's been proven that it is GIF, GIF, but just because the guy invented like it doesn't it. mean he's right. Also, so. like, that's a power trip. Make mm-hmm. us all say it incorrectly. It's this bear. It's like a shot from behind the fence, and it's bear, like, waving. If I could make it a, a GIF, I would. But I really should get one. Mm-hmm. There you go. I, Do you I'm think we'll one. have a company headshot day? Nope. That would be a life touch. I, I don't know. I would it, love that. We have enough, like, professional photographers. Like Nick could do all the photographers of everyone, and he could take his own photo. I would really so. appreciate it. Nick, I need a current photo. If I go missing, I have dental records. But I don't have a current photo. We, we <laughs> Everybody can follow your dental records. No. Go like, this is Hannah Claire. We need yeah. to get... Company photos is a great idea. Do they have Life Touch Studios out by you guys? Uh, maybe that was just a Minnesota thing. Minis- like in Minnesota, like when you get your pictures taken at school, every I'm sure you guys had your own like companies that came out and did that. Mm-hmm. In Minnesota, that was Life Touch Photos. And you can just tell the photographer just looks so miserable. He's like, I, w- I wanted to be an artist. And he's like, but he ended up like taking pictures of rug rats for his entire life. And they just rug look so, rats? They how look, cute. They look so sad. Do you remember that? Uh, there's like an alpaca meme mm-hmm. where it's got like this crazy side bang. And it's yeah. like, mom, I just really need to focus on my art right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's, that, that's, that's, dude, that's every art student. I, I had that hair. Well, I still kind of have that haircut. I wasn't even an art student. That was me at all times. I just really need to focus on whatever thing has caught my attention. Me, mm-hmm. me and Hannah Claire were talking earlier about, uh, <laughs> <laughs> about the, her inability to miss school even when they uh, even when she was allowed to. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was rough. I I think there are other people who can relate to this. My dad and stepmom yeah. when I was in high school, probably middle school, they would give my brother and I like once a semester. They're like, you can just take a mental health day. You can mm-hmm. stay home or do whatever. Like, 
you don't have to explain to us we'll just let you do it mm-hmm. um i would be like okay I, that sounds great and then i would like the night before I'd be like lydia to be stepmom like i'm gonna mm-hmm. take a mental health day tomorrow and she'd be like yeah totally have a great time mm-hmm. i'll call you out no problem and then my bus would come at seven o'clock and i would find myself on the bus going to school because i just like mm-hmm. i got so stressed about missing work or i was an athlete so like missing practices or just mm-hmm. like whatever it was uh, I, th- I think it's crazy now because like i would have been fine i, I think it's because you have less of a concept of time when you're younger uh although, okay I'll, I'll give you an example when i was young uh, when my this is going to sound very morbid, but when mm-hmm. my mom went into uh, when my mom got sick, uh, I got money from like the government because my mom could no longer take care of me. Right, mm-hmm. so I was going to school and I had like ten grand in the bank when I was like sixteen. Mm-hmm. Bought like a, a cheap first car and still went to work every day. I was like, if I if I spend any money. I'm going to be broke. Mm-hmm. Would I have been broke if I bought new new shoes that week? No, but uh, because you're younger, you have less of a concept of time, mm-hmm. of money, which was probably a good thing for money. Yeah, I was going to say, some people would have taken the opposite approach and were like, 10 grand, I have tons of money, I can do anything. Mm-hmm. I think it speaks to personality, and I think also like in your position, you didn't just get 10 grand because... I didn't for fun wa- like most of the lottery like yeah. it was like because you are now responsible for a lot of things mm-hmm. and i think when you feel that way like it shifts yeah uh, i think as a student i like just felt an intense amount of pressure to um do as much as i can because i felt yeah. like my dad had worked really hard to provide a lot of opportunities for me and if i didn't excel i was failing mm-hmm. really probably all of us have enough time management if i had missed a test i would have made it up it would have been okay but. i had horrible time management in high school <laughs> i was uh i was a very middling uh, i mean i i, I got by i got mm-hmm. but i was too focused on skating every single day all day but you day. did that professionally i mean yeah. i think that the, that did pay off in a, mm-hmm. in a respect in a way what about you did you uh, have anything um, like that happen so what happened was freshman s- sophomore year um I was okay for a bit like I was on time for everything but then when junior and senior year hit because I took more AP classes this is a weird thing that all my classmates in my um, graduating class did we all procrastinated last minute and we're all copying off each other I don't condone this but she doesn't condone this ladies and gentlemen but we did no that's just the way it Mm -hmm. rolls one of my little sisters is she's uh in sixth grade Mm -hmm. or she's in middle school and she's um homeschooled but she does like a virtual program yeah and i was at my dad's house the other day and she was working kind of late and i was like oh Mm -hmm. i'm gonna work too like i'll sit up here with you and like they have like a classroom set up yeah and i realized at talking to her that she had two days left in her semester and she was she had four essays to write three tests to take she had just like tons of work she's like it'll be fine like i've got two days and i was like well, you are ready to grade? be in high school like yeah oh what i think it's like mm-hmm. the uh, a lot of virtual programs especially ones that became um used a lot during covid are yeah. still working up the the like if you do this much instru- if this activity is supposed to replace instructional time mm-hmm. do you also need to have the equivalency in homework like i think a lot of virtual programs from mm-hmm. what i understand hmm. um, are working well out. it kind of makes sense because like um kids don't absorb or learn anything unless they put into the work so mm-hmm. homework kind of kind of makes sense yeah but to a sixth grader writing essays i remember in sixth grade i wasn't writing essays <laughs> I, it was so long ago mm-hmm. for me. I, I have no idea. <clears throat> yes, yeah. but I can just see it in her eyes. She's me. She was like, I just, I, I'm trying to answer these questions. I'm just writing like paragraphs. Mm-hmm. I know someone else in her class is writing two sentences. But anyways, 
Yeah, I was an ironic kid in high school, and I That's think okay. it wore off, or at least I manage it better now. You, it's man- okay. you manage it better. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Brett. You have better time management. Yep. Like for me, if this was high school all over again, I'm like, I'm just gonna Google the answers. <laughs> you know, I'm so mad. You know the flashcard. Um, Website. Imagine living in an age where you didn't have Google to yeah. answer your questions. You used your brain. And, uh, yeah, that flashcard website—I forgot what it's called. The one where like you can like basically get the answer, and they had the questions, and you flip the card. Basically, that website—they mm-hmm. knew that kids from AP classes or any other classes in high school were using them for answers, and they're like, "This is no longer available." No. And I was like, like, "No, you took away my answers." It's very sad. Yeah, it's because um, I I also don't condone this, but we also do it in college. We use that website to study. Study. She study. Sa- study, she calls it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so today we're going to talk about, uh, we got Dexter, me, mm-hmm. and, me and Miracle uh, finished Dexter Newblood. Mm-hmm. Hannah Claire has seen some of it as well. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, an article I found uh, about why society uh, has a seem, seems to have hero worship for villains, which ties into Dexter perfectly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I found it after we finished. I want to talk about the Netflix price hike. I, I know Hannah Claire will have a lot to say. Uh, I just felt like a Hannah Claire topic to me. Uh, and then uh, there's uh, one of my favorite shows of all time, Justified, is coming back, which means I did a hallelujah and uh, a huge spin, and uh, I danced like a buffoon when I found this out. Did you do a bunch of Hail Marys I, I basically, with Seamus? I basically did. Yeah, nice. I basically did. Uh, and then we are going to talk Tim Allen and Letitia Wright being back at Disney. We're going to talk uh, the end, or at least the next chapter and what seems to be what's going on with like the Britney Spears and Jamie uh, Jamie Spears. I feel so bad for them right now. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the way I feel bad about Con- for Kanye having to go through all this in public. Uh, and then after that, we are going to finish off with talking about the Betty White Challenge. So... Uh, I say we just go ahead, get right into it. I want to hear, Miracle, since you finished it at the same time as me, mm-hmm. uh, what your thoughts were on Dexter Newblood. Okay, I'll tell you this. Um, so Dexter has a son named Harrison. Loki, I don't hate him. I don't hate him. It oh, does seem like mm-hmm. most of the negative reviews early on had to do with people really hating the kid who played uh, Harrison. His How do you feel, Hannah Claire, about she, the kid? She saw yeah. a couple of I'm in love with you. Mm-hmm. I've seen most of the original series, mm-hmm. and I have seen the last two of the, <laughs> of the re- reboot. <laughs> the, Very the good son, at pop culture. The, I, again, I don't know what he was like in the beginning, and sometimes, from what I understand, he's like a troubled youth. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes those characters can seem really dry or sort of yeah. like not interesting. Uh, I loved I was really interested in him at the end especially I really only saw him interacting with Dexter Mm -hmm. um, and I think that relationship is fascinating I will catch up and then I want to see the next season Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know if they're going to be able to make a next season I don't think I personally do not believe that that actor has the charisma to pull off uh, well I had theory for this I said maybe they might have a copycat Dexter that's my theory Um, and Harrison's supposed to Spoiler, we're going to mm-hmm. do spoiler alerts. I, I know uh, Chris hates it when I give spoiler alerts, but well, if you are going are to watch, still it, watch yes, it, so uh, be careful. Does something with like, the, when you guys do spoilers, does something like flash on the screen right now? No. No, no sadly, just, we, we don't. Haven't, we haven't relieved any. Re- we should do a timestamp. Like, if you don't want to hear any spoilers, skip to this. Yeah, so mm-hmm. we're just going to we're just gonna go through it. Um, I, I, the actor was fine. Uh, I, I just don't think he's good enough to pull off a show on his own, but mm-hmm. I, I don't think he's. He's kind of like Deb. Uh, everybody hates 
Di- like I didn't hate. I don't her. hate her. I didn't hate her in the the, mm-hmm. the, the her sister. Uh, you remember her from the original. Yeah. So a lot of people hate her. Uh, it seems to be weirdly tied to her swearing, which always feels when a show swears too much. It's actually a hallmark of like it's it's one of those things that uh, like when I re- do That's, comic when I read comic reviews mm-hmm. or when I go through comics, it's a hallmark of like weird SJW tropes where they swear for no reason. Yeah, like yeah. It's yeah. a character Park. trait. Well, I thought yeah. with Deb, it was always like. She's like this tough lady cop, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So she swears because it's not ladylike. But in this new series, she doesn't do it. There's a character that I had a real problem with. Her name is Molly Park. I felt bad. Molly that Park. That was the the podcast lady, right? Yeah, she's that was based the worst off a, character. Who's like it's mm-hmm. Mary Effing Kills or yeah, something? Yeah, Mary Effing Kills. That was the worst character in the new series. The she made she, she made me have like an aneurysm <laughs> because every other word was fucking. And I'm yeah. like, is that necessary? So, so I think this is a mm-hmm. trope. I think it's um, in her podcast voice. Maybe an indication <laughs> of a poor development among the writers. I, mean, yeah. I don't want to check them too much, but like, it. I think when you have like a badass lady character they always make her swear and i think that's actually not a sign of toughness Mm -hmm. i also think it makes us get tired of them very quickly yeah um also it makes you look unintelligent because you don't know how to use other words when i first saw dexter the original Mm -hmm. and deb was there i thought she was sort of a weak one of the weaker actors in the Mm -hmm. show and i have a friend who has this theory that when you're casting tv shows you have some strong actors like the guy who plays dexter is great. Oh yeah, yeah Michael C. Hall, and fantastic. that's Jennifer Carpenter who came into her own later on. Didn't quite get the roles, but she was in maybe one of the great, one of the biggest losses for television. Did any of you see the movie Limitless? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. They made a television version of Limitless that was only one season long and it got canceled. And to this day, I still think about it sometimes. It was one of the that's biggest so cool. lost opportunities that they it didn't make it to season two. It even had Bradley Cooper guest star in a couple of the episodes, but it was so good. And she just she was the the head FBI agent along with um, this other another actor from Covert Affairs I can never remember his mm-hmm. name uh, but um, it's it was so good yeah. and she was so good in that see but Michael not- C Hall is such a good actor and everyone in that cast uh, yeah. of the original of the original show the guy who plays Dokes uh, okay so my friend's theory is that when they're making a choice to cast him like they they probably cast. Uh, Dexter first and they're mm-hmm. like this guy's strong but my friend's theory is that they intentionally cast some weaker actors because it makes them sort of lovable mm-hmm. like even though they're not that good you kind of want them to work out anyways because they're not like intimidating maybe to the viewer and in some ways like it, it doesn't it's to reinforce the illusion of the show or the yeah. contrast between characters it's one of the hardest things about that is not they... to say she's a terrible actress no, it's no. just at that time she uh one of the things that's hardest about when you watch a lot of TV is I'll watch episodes with guest stars and I know right away who's important because I know all the actors. Mm -hmm. So if it's an important actor, they're not going to spend the money that it costs to get that dude for seven days of filming unless they're going to give him a pivotal role because they can get the most out of him. Um, In that show, um, in fact, I've got... One of the complaints I have, and we'll keep it on New Blood here, is that I think that the... uh, Clancy Brown 
uh, is freaking. It's the guy who played Kurt Caldwell. Yeah. Is incredible. As an actor, that guy, he's like six gazillion feet tall. Uh, that guy is really no, intimidating. No, he's not, but he, I love that. He's idea. very Does he have tall. a son? He's, uh, he's a very big um, voice actor. He has mm-hmm. a very distinct uh, vocal pattern, right? The, the, the casting of, uh, of Angela Bishop was. Like that actress But I would is contend that maybe some of this is to like, you have these heavy hitters, they're powerful performance that instead of trying to get someone who can compete on level, they're like, F it. We'll just have someone who's not particularly good and hope they evoke an emotional response from the audience. Mm-hmm. That is fine. I'm not saying that's what happened, but it's just, just, just a, just a theory on a theory. That is fine when they're doing the hokey girlfriend bit when she's like dating Dexter, but when she has to start putting together the pieces that he's mm-hmm. who he is, yeah, it just comes off as meh. There's certain parts that made me very annoyed with her. There's also, there was a huge m- missed opportunity to not turn a, uh, Logan into a bad guy because mm-hmm. it seemed like a red herring, right? I'm like, yeah. he he was too much of a good guy, Greg. Which the whole series, Logan? he's the deputy, um, deputy Logan. He's the one. He's like, he's like, you gotta. He's like always the giving good. He's, he's like always giving mm-hmm. good advice. He's giving. He's like, he's like again because that was the last two episodes. I don't think I saw him. Yep. He, he was he, in the um, last he, episode because he died because Dexter basically knocked him out and like basically he broke, broke his, his neck, neck against the against the police uh against the jail cell Mm -hmm. um so the like the the fact that they didn't turn him into a bad guy it felt like that's what they were telegraphing Mm -hmm. one thing they did do very well was that dexter overestimated harrison's um wait so dexter has killed two black police officers Mm -hmm. yes he has Uh, wait he did because he kills jokes in the first season wait a minute here that is that's a political statement uh, that's a I'm just saying. I'm just, I, I'm, it's just out there. I'm just, just going to put it on the table. Mm-hmm. Um, he only killed two. It's fine. <laughs> they, but the, the the other thing that sucks about the Molly Park character is Jamie Chung is a fantastic actress, mm-hmm. uh, and that character was just so freaking annoying. Well, she's based on my favorite YouTuber slash mukbanger. She also has a famous podcast, um, Stephanie Sue. So she does the same thing where she talks about murder mysteries, and she's based on that. Okay. That's cool. Yeah, but she started her whole career eating on camera and then she started with such a weird place (laughs) i know but like for me like i kind of like identify with her because she started her career at 22 and now so like she she's actually one year older than me so i feel like i'm kind of following her footsteps there you go but But did you do you have to start an eating channel now no i started this so i'm one step ahead of her it was also weird Mm -hmm. how like everyone just kind of accepted that that Jim has a kid yeah. and they acted like he'd had him forever. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what it's like being a dad. Yeah. I'm like, he's been here for like okay. a week. Yeah. I came in around the Christmas episodes. And so someone had to explain to me, like, you know, this is about how he has a son. Yeah. And then also like, Oh, but then he was being raised by someone else. Like never made sense to me. And then it seemed mm-hmm. like there in the episode, he's like, come with me to my girlfriend at his daughter's house who you apparently also have a relationship like he fell in so quickly yeah. and no one was like it was the most unrealistic why are you an absentee it. father yeah mm-hmm. so and everyone's like oh you know what it's like being a dad i'm like no he doesn't he's Just been a dad for like a week and a half yeah which but doesn't I guess make sense he was sort of a step-parent to uh yeah. harrison's mom's other kids yeah which, yeah okay, okay i where did those other kids go they died died they died yeah. 
uh, uh, if I remember correctly, uh, <laughs> Harrison's the only. Uh, I think Harrison's the only one that that survived. What? Well, or, or no, it wouldn't even matter anyways because Harrison's the only one that's his actual biological yeah, son. So. Yeah, right. But like their, their I remember dad nothing about season eight. Dexter killed their dad. Mm-hmm. Then their mom dies. Yeah. So mm-hmm. these other two kids who are having a super disruptive life just disappear. Also, yeah. wouldn't he have been placed like with his siblings? They weren't that much older than him. No, but. Um, the whole story is that he was placed in foster care. So his stepmom, I don't understand. Because he went over to Europe. Yeah. For like what? For like a bunch of years, and then when he came Why? back, Why? Why did he go to Europe for witness protection or something? No, no, no. no. The, but uh, when he comes back, but he he underestimates uh, Harrison's dark passenger, mm-hmm. as he calls it. Like he, he, the kid stabs Ethan or whatever the kid's name at the he school slashes, event. He not slashes. Stabbed. He, he slashes that kid, mm-hmm. and he breaks a kid's arm, and he's like, "Must mean he's a." serial killer uh so so like the way it's done dramatically Mm -hmm. you buy it because the kid always looks angry Mm -hmm. but then once you realize maybe it's because he's like in foster care and like his dad's around but doesn't live with him exactly so so when when you see the progression of violence it feels completely plausible but then when the kid turns back and he's like i can't be you you're like oh yeah the dad totally like Dexter totally jumped the gun on this, thinking that this kid's going to be able to just chop up uh, bodies. Yeah, uh, yeah, because that them. one scene where he chops off, um, chops off um, the Kurt's, arms. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, of Kurt, and then he Based, has to go. I, I saw yeah. that one. He has to go up. He has to go out because like it flashes back when he was a baby and he saw like the blood come down. At, out at the back, very intense face. Yeah. Also, the the scene where uh, Kurt killed Angela's mom mm-hmm. never mattered. Not nothing ever came of it. Because she she arrested him, but he got out, mm-hmm. and then it's not like she got to exact any. She was never put into a position where she could have exacted revenge on the mm-hmm. guy who killed her her mom, uh, or not her mom, her uh, her, her her friend her, her friend. So he she never got Iris. to that. Never got that. Never came back into play. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of thrown in there. It was kind of dumb because they did find DNA evidence because like the tooth had his skin, and they're like. It's my dad. Then he lies and said, it's my dad. And I'm like, you can't lie DNA when it's no, yes, exactly they, like yours. Be, no, because it was burnt. Uh, they said it was only a 66% chance it was a match. And that would be how much uh, mm-hmm. son and father yes, have, right? Yes, yeah, so, yeah. So he did have a, li- a legal means out of it, uh, but wait, it was... So, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. I was saying, overall, like, what are your, like, what are the biggest pros of the show and what are the biggest cons? Because now I'm trying to decide if I should actually start from the beginning and watch the whole thing. The biggest pro for... <laughs> Well, okay, the first episode made me very frustrated because Dexter is trying to escape from his past. But then when he sees the white deer and then Kurt's son, Matt, kills the deer, he, like, flips out and breaks the guy's nose and knocks him out. And then he's like, too many witnesses, let me kill him. Like, for no reason. he killed that guy because he, like, found out he... He like says that later. Boat. He killed the deer, and that's pretty much why he did it. Mm-hmm. But he can't. He at this point, he's attacked him. He can't let him go, uh, and he's he justifies it by saying he killed five people on a boat. That's what he says um, later on. But there's no evidence for it. That's just a just. Yeah, he didn't. Oh, he so didn't he's like kind of broken code. his code. Yes, yeah. he's broken the code. So I mean, it's and uh, and that, but that comes into play later mm-hmm. because the his breaking of the code is what causes Jack. Jack uh, Harrison mm-hmm. Jack is his real name yeah. which causes Harrison to to kill his dad yeah uh, well because Dexter because he killed him. the because he killed uh, uh, Logan and, yeah. and Logan didn't do anything wrong yeah that's why um, Dexter said you have to kill me because like Harrison kind of jot this I this thought he said I wouldn't be like this you wouldn't kill innocent people 
basically this is your fault and like dexter's like you're right the you have to kill was, me the ending was bad yeah it was the, kind it was of bad. weird it was rushed it was me. perfectly paced up until like the last 13 minutes mm-hmm. and then you get this long drown out scene of them when he when he's when uh harrison kills his dad and angela lets him go that just felt like they hit a wall and they mm-hmm. didn't know what the hell to do mm-hmm. like it could have been paced so much differently uh mm-hmm. but there was do you think they're worried they're not gonna get renewed for a second season so they need to have one of these endings that's like if we renew it, here's where we'll pick up from. But if mm-hmm. not, here's a like series finale. Yeah. They said that uh, the because of the weather, that that death scene was filmed like within the first two weeks of of shooting the the new series because mm-hmm. they have to film out of order. Yeah. D- due to weather, so they always knew it was going to end that it, way. They always knew it was going to end that way. He, Michael, I'm guessing that the we're going to talk about it later with Justified. Mm-hmm. When you play a character that iconic, your whole career after that is them people saying, "So when are you going to play this character again?" Yeah, sure. it's and, the same thing like Jon Snow, the actor, like. Like yes. he felt kind of like typecast. Yeah. People think that like uh, that, uh, it's not hard to believe that he would want to do the role and die just so he doesn't have to play the character again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it gives people like a resolution like instead yeah. of wondering where he is. Not a good resolution. But in, uh, also whatever happened to climate change guy who is beefing with uh, Angela's daughter? I don't know. I will say that they did. A, they did do a fairly good job of p- keeping it mostly apolitical. Mm-hmm. They had climate change activism, mm-hmm. which uh, was kind of lame at first. Mm-hmm. But then they also introduced aspects of the opioid crisis, mm-hmm. which is an uh, alternate perspective on small town. Uh, you know, and it wasn't project pre- presented in a bad way. Yeah. So sure. to me. Uh, it didn't really feel like like you felt like you were in this environment. And one thing it did do, um, almost to its detriment in a way, is that uh, it imbued the a sense of the community, meaning that you felt like you were in small town uh, up upstate New York where mm-hmm. they were. Right, the environment played a huge role in it, just as Miami played an insanely important role to the atmosphere right. and the vibe of the original show. Right. Uh, uh, like seeing uh, uh, the the snow, though different from the other one, kept you engaged in what you're watching. And I'm, I have a, fe- I like, I have a, a hypothesis that's that that's why I was able to watch it so quickly because usually I have a hard time uh, staying focused when I'm watching stuff like this. I don't feel like the writing was mega... Uh, top level in those first few episodes mm-hmm. so the only thing that really kept me engaged was uh, looking at the backdrop of, of this environment and you it felt lived in mm-hmm. yeah you felt like you were in this community with these people right and mm-hmm. I can imagine watching a character like Dexter like how has he adapted to a completely new environment yep I mean one of the things that he that's important to his character is managing all of the things around him and you can say that it, it worked because uh, more than anything um uh, the actor who plays uh, oh, what's his name the guy the guy who plays Angel uh, the guy who plays Batiste yeah uh, he felt out of place in the few episodes he for was sure, in for sure yeah uh, like he 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 felt a little bit out of place even though small like vocal cameo from the actor who played uh, uh, Dokes all of that stuff it didn't feel like the original Dexter but not in a bad way whereas mm-hmm. normally you feel kind of um, beholden to the previous environment when they change it and they're going to be doing that for the justified show as well they're going to be changing the scenery uh so i I think that they handled that aspect of it well Mm -hmm. but it almost uh i I don't know if it would have worked back in miami do you ever wish that instead of having a son dexter had had a daughter to see how that would have played out it would have been funnier i'm almost surprised that in the for me it would have been funnier because um you know how women like instead of fighting with our fists we fight uh, psychologically by mm-hmm. saying like backhand things a lot mm-hmm. so imagine that you heard co- it here first ladies and gentlemen a woman just admitted that 
Oh, okay. Shh, don't tell him the secret. Oh my god, I told them the secret. Burn this whole podcast down. Okay, burn it to the ground. Okay, well, but, but I, mm-hmm. like I think that you're right. The, how she she's less prone, or we would assume she's less prone to physical no, violence. No, I think she would because like women, some women tend to hold their anger in. Mm-hmm. So imagine this girl. She's like. Is Harrison like fifteen or sixteen in the show? He's supposed to be sixteen. So imagine a sixteen-year-old girl. Like she's going through puberty. She's going through teenage angst and like drama, and like she, let's say she's, she got a new boyfriend, but then she finds out she's a lesbian because they want to write it that way, and she's like having these emotions and she doesn't know how to control it, and then people make fun of her because she came out of nowhere. She's a foster kid. And, like, she doesn't know how to hold her anger. And then one day, wrong time, wrong place, like, she mm-hmm. stabs a kid. Interesting. I'm almost surprised they didn't change it to a girl. Also, yeah. there's a timeline error because Harrison mm-hmm. was four when Dexter um, left, and it's been 10 years, so he should be 14, not mm. 16. Oh, same difference. I, um, <laughs> I wonder frequently if, like, the... So, like, when I was watching the episode, Dexter <coughs> is, like, the dark passenger thing, he's like... Mm-hmm. I can connect with you. I can understand with you. His relationship with his own adoptive father mm-hmm. really plays on the father-son bond and mm-hmm. like what would you do for your children? And I think if he, if he had had a daughter, which I know would change the original series too. Mm-hmm. Um, they did that in Bill and Ted. Yeah. They did that in the Bill and Ted, the new movie. I don't know they, what that they, is. They, it's a... Uh, two guys that Brett's fake <laughs> you've never seen Bill and Ted's excellent oh no man. I've never seen it uh, okay. I have. It's okay at the end of the second movie they have uh, they have sons mm-hmm. uh, but then when they bring Bill and Ted face the music back in like last they're year they, they're, they're magically daughters because mm-hmm. 2021 because uh, whammon because well, political I would uh, have been interested in the re- to clarify I'm not asking for a transgender character I'm asking mm-hmm. for like if it had always been a girl because I think that we do like understanding in what ways women are like their fathers would have been interesting mm-hmm. also yep. like i think fathers like the stereotype especially i think it's true men Daddy's feel girl. yeah and they feel particularly protective of their daughters yeah like it would have made more sense if i'm um, starved for stories like that in an age where the story is more likely to be about how the dad abandons the family right. uh, yeah well, and and well i think that like him he, he was like in some ways it, it felt to me and again I, I didn't see the whole new all of new blood but it felt mm-hmm. like he was like trying to weigh up whether or not to bring his son into the the family business yeah so basically speak. but like with a daughter would that would he would she have been prone to it what if she was more interested in it than a son would have well, been what if she was le- less interested you remember the statistics about uh serial killers and like people who are most dangerous in the u.s it's mainly women because mm-hmm. women know how to lie a I, I see that face women know how to like basically weasel their way into your lives yeah and well and domestic violence mm-hmm. is high among women uh lesbian couples mm-hmm. like, yeah exactly female female couples have experienced a, a high rate of domestic violence mm-hmm. and in some ways i would argue that's because we don't we always tell boys you can't hit women don't mm-hmm. even though we but they think never tell are, the girls that but they don't tell girls that mm-hmm. uh, they never tell and girls so that. in some ways because she's dominated by her hormones and her emotions mm-hmm. maybe she would have been harder for dexter to relate to mm-hmm. or to he, how would he have adapted the codes for a girl who act react okay let's rewrite the whole series oddly um, oddly enough <laughs> deb seemed to be the voice of reason here kind uh, of there's she certain said, parts where she said yeah sure harry taught you the code but that was effed up Mm-hmm. He, you could have been institutionalized. He could have. They could have put you on medication. They could have done a million other things before just letting you kill bad people. Yeah, mm-hmm. but uh, would those things have had those things have consequences as well? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry to be like, I know you're reviewing this, but what if we made it completely different? It's, yeah, uh, let's rewrite the whole script. So imagine it's a girl. 
I'm it's, just surprised they didn't, given the the political climate we live well, in these days. No, like, like we need, me, needs more women. Well, for me, I feel like it would have been more interesting if it was a girl because you remember Dexter was trying to protect Harrison from um, Kurt. So it would have made more sense if Harrison instead was a girl. And I don't Kurt think is, that makes a difference. It's no, still no, your kid. I know, but imagine because Kurt he has a pattern when he's killing. It's all women. It's okay. all. And women. she would have been like a foster yeah. care runaway. Like yeah. Imagine yeah, that. I, that could be really. He's going to kill the kid anyways. I know, but like, still, it would have made the story correlate because, like, why is he killing a boy other than like revenge, it's, eye for eye? You would have taken out the revenge and mm-hmm. like your sons kill my sons kind of thing. I yeah. don't think. I don't think it would have been a good idea to change it. I think. To change it I to think. A girl. I think if it had been a girl, mm-hmm. the second season would have been. They could have had a second season where Dexter doesn't die. Yeah. And they explore the dynamic between like what's inherited in a way mm-hmm. that you. With Harrison, it seems like you're inheriting family business. Mm-hmm. With Dexter, it would have been like evolving to adapt the code for another scenario. Yeah, but like for me, the reason why I think it would be better to have a girl character instead, it's because like, um, how much of the genetics and personality do you um, get from your dad? Because I know like for your baldness, you get it some from your dad and your grandparents. And well, then, I was here. Baldness is mm-hmm. like it's. I don't know if this is really true, but like yeah. from your mother's father yeah and i think if they had had a female character like maybe she would have looked just like whatever her name is who dexter is with yeah harrison's mom Mm -hmm. but what if she looks like her but has dexter's has the dark passenger yeah that would have been to me not that the harrison character is in my opinion bad just like it would have been another layer of complexity i felt like he was forced on but like for me i feel like it would have been more interesting as a female character not because of pc culture i just think it would be a better storyline because like i think it would have given them more to work with mm-hmm. exactly because like um this show is about basically trying to hide a murderer within the whole community like he is a, a wolf in sheep's clothing mm-hmm. so imagine it as a female like females are known to have this stereotype where they're soft gentle they will never harm a hair on anybody mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden she has um the dark passenger that dexter has yeah well and i so think too, it's like, like another the idea layer. that like a father <clears throat> sees himself in his son mm-hmm. like i think it would have been interesting for him to see this would have been very difficult this mm-hmm. would have been very difficult for them to do if they're going to actually turn her into that because uh the way women uh lure men to kill them would have been sexually related because that's how you're going to surprise somebody who's twice your size uh mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. doing that with a, a 16 year old girl uh that's would have kind been, of raising uh, I red don't, flags i don't think I they see. would i don't think they would have wanted <clears throat> to put that to screen right now sure. yeah. I, I also think that the moment you tell everyone that dexter has a daughter now and not a son uh i think you're going to get immediate backlash one yeah. because you're changing the story two, i don't think you should will feel the political uh, whether it's there or not whether yeah. it was yeah. for that reason or not people will feel it dripping all over the yeah. announcement uh, and it and will you'll cost you viewers let me be clear when i suggest that i would have wished it from the beginning not mm-hmm. from this yep. i w- don't think you would change it for new blood i w- i would i wondered about this in the original too mm-hmm. so I, I but this is the thing in the world we live in now i was just excited to see a father-son story mm-hmm. yeah that even if, it, if even if it has to be about a serial killer uh, i'll take it because everything seems to be about uh daughters taking uh whether you saw terminator dark fate mm-hmm. uh whether uh, it all seems to be changing these gender roles and stuff like this so maybe that story is interesting uh within the context of a new show yeah uh, i don't really have the faith that they'd be able to pull off something yeah. with they'd that. be too close to dexter i yeah. mean no the comparison would be impossible to um, get away from there mm-hmm. there 
there's that show Women Who Kill. Uh, yeah. There's also Scream Queens. Um, did anybody see Scream Queens? A yeah. little bit, yeah. Okay. Um, but so, so the, it's definitely something you could have done. I, I do think the finale, uh, the last 15 minutes was rushed. I mm-hmm. do not want them to do a second season. Um, I would like to have known what the hell happened to Frederick Lane, this oil rig guy. Uh, I don't know what the hell that was supposed to be about. Mm-hmm. It's possible a spinoff could happen, but uh, I, I just don't know if I... I, I like don't know, but also... They should have gotten Finn Wolfhard to do it. Yeah. Also, fun fact, you know Jack, the guy that plays Harrison? Jack Alcott. Yeah, he's dating Taylor Swift, so run and hide! No, no man. No, he's dating her, like, for a little bit. He did? Yeah, I searched up who she's currently dating, and I recognized that last name. Alcott? Uh-huh. That's she's dating Joe Alwyn. What the? F- ha ha. Uh, hold Look, on. <laughs> See, this is why you're here. We've been together for like Keeping people four honest. years. He's British. He is blonde. He's older hold than up. this kid. I was though. like, she, that kid's like 20 years old. She's got to be like, what, in her 30s now? She's 32. Okay, so no Oh, okay, is. you're right. My bad. Sorry, I just saw the J and I just... Disinformation coming from Pop Culture Fact Crisis check. today. Fact check. Fact live. checked. Right yeah, on air. But it would have been funny. full of shit. I know. But it would have been funny if she was dating him. It and I'm like, be- I mean, that'd be hilarious. Yeah. I want her and Jake Gyllenhaal to get back together. Ew, no. That's your That's real. my controversial that's your, opinion. That's your controversial opinion. I just don't want her to date people. Stop sucking their souls out. I just want her to have a kid. I feel like she'd be a fun mom. Mm. wine mom she's the definition of a wine aunt no but she's super creative and like i don't know she's like into celebrating sentimental i feel like that would make a cool parent okay that would be but that's that's not what we're here to talk about but that's my opinion but i don't feel like she wants kids so um i do want to ask uh uh, would you give the show a recommend to people um yeah if you can get over the obstacle that's called harrison um other than that and also Angela, I didn't like Angela that much. Angela, uh, she felt very, like... I just didn't buy Tough Cop from her, mm-hmm. right? Give me Angelina Jolie as Tough Cop. It, she, when I Give saw me her Viola screen, Davis as seemed, Tough Cop. She seemed like a... Um, uh, what's the term that I'm looking for here? Mm-hmm. I can't think of it, but, like, she's like, well, we have to cast a girl. Yeah. And she's a minority. Like... Yeah, and plus it's like it just feels like all those char- their characters are they're always a, they with guys they call them good guy Gregs. They've got yeah. no flaws. They're perfect. They treat everybody well. It makes a character less relatable. It, mm-hmm. The the only thing she did that was mildly uh, interesting in that respect was her like uh, abusing police pr- power to like have sex with Dexter mm-hmm. on like like at that point I'm like oh cool she's gonna be an interesting character and then after that it was just. Bleh. So much corruption in this police force. Uh, I did read you that quote from her that the other week where I told you about how how she like, she's like, I grew up in like the Bronx and and, like uh, we didn't really see race as anything that mattered. I didn't realize that it it mattered to not be white until I got to Los Angeles, thus proving that the people in LA are the actual racists. Mm -hmm. So um, she, I mean, excuse me, they're anti-racist. Yes. Uh, So for her, uh, I feel like the, the show didn't give her much to work with. Like nope. the chemistry with the daughter was okay, uh, but not anything to write home about. I didn't feel any deep connection from from the two of them. Uh, she it that, seemed like uh, the, again uh, I saw very little of it, but it seemed like they were like, look how close they are. Yeah, it, it feels mm-hmm. forced. She, the the daughter looks just like uh, an actress named Madeline Carroll, like almost exactly like her. So uh, it's a, it's like it's like there's got to be like a, a trope in Hollywood like you like all these girls cuz then there's another actress that looks just like Madeline Carroll that they get mixed up with so now there's three of them and it's just a it's like a Disney uh factory line. That's it's so kind of like how um you remember when what's his name? Oh my god. It's like Michael 
uh michael we were talking about him last time about what um we we're talking about how scott pilgrim is gonna have an anime series oh yeah. what's the guy's name the actor michael what oh michael sarah michael sarah he kind of looks like the other actors and then my um Margot Robbie looks like other characters, um, other actors. There's like too. types. Look at yeah. okay. Look at Michael Sarah, and then look at the guy who plays um, uh, Teddy, uh, David Madigoff. Yeah, uh, on there looks just like Michael Sarah. Yeah, kind of. Uh, Which kind of like freaks me out how they can find clones of people. Yep, they're discounts. Oh. You know, mm-hmm. they play that have, one play less. I yeah. would have loved to have been a casting director to just be sent out there to find people that look like other people. I mean, there is at least 50 other people of different races that look like you in the world. Yep. I want to, like, see mm-hmm. that. I want someone to put my face in, like, uh, a thing where it's, like, mm-hmm. other people who look like me. Yeah, because whoever did the simulation theory got lazy. Mm-hmm. So, so for me, uh, it is a recommend. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times when you, when you see shows like this and they come back people tend to go very like one way or the other like yeah. it's either the greatest thing ever or they think uh why they should have never done this this is a horrible idea i think in uh concept it was excellent i think in execution it was average and in an age where any type of good uh television is h- hard to come by especially when if you're constantly looking to find escapist entertainment meaning mm-hmm. that it takes you out of the world you live in right. yeah. they did a very good job of for the most part keeping that out of this show um, I think if you like the original Dexter, uh, I don't think the finale will give you the, I, I don't think it's going to give you the satisfaction you were hoping for from like to make up for that awful finale from season eight. Okay. But I do think that it's a worthwhile time investment for, for 10 episodes. Mm-hmm. So yes. Cool. And because we were talking Dexter, uh, I want to talk about uh, villain worship, which is okay. something that I've noticed more and more frequently um, in the last few years. So I, I, I came across this article right as I finished uh, that is there a stink bug or something over there? I thought you were looking at like a bug. No, she looks like she's like. It's just what? my expression. Okay. It's just what my face looks okay. like. Um, just look Speaking about that, you remember when I took a photo of you and I was like, "Why do you always look scared?" I I get that all the time. I get, <laughs> "Are you about to cry?" Pretty regularly, like yeah. Well, have- your eyes darted to the side. <laughs> that, that's the face Miracle makes when there's a bug close to her. So uh, no bugs. So this article, uh, it says, Less Thanos, More Heroes, Why Our Culture is Obsessed with Villains, which seemed like a very logical thing to look into after watching a show that was literally about how somebody who in any other context is still a villain mm-hmm. just because he kills bad guys in Western society, <coughs> given our justice system, that technically, technically still mm-hmm. makes him a villain. That was the fun part of watching uh, Dexter. It's like a villain, but is he? But is he? Mm-hmm. Exactly. So it says... Uh, uh, this is from uh, the Valdosta Time Daily Times wrote all about Jim Starlin's Marvel Universe the end from 2003 spotlighting the supervillain Thanos uh, obviously you know Thanos was the bad guy from mm-hmm. the last it's from the Infinity Gauntlet story that was adapted yep. into Infinity War and then into um, Avengers Endgame he's the, the big bad as they would call them it says if you miss Thanos and who really doesn't Marvel Universe the end will have you delighting in the mad titan once again I think this is another example of likely villain worship when most most superheroes and their co-stars are the ones who would, who should be missing, but mainly good writing and art to... A, oh, wait, it says, let me start this again. It says, to think, uh, I think this is another example of likely villain worship. When most superheroes and their co-stars are the ones we should be missing, but mainly good writing and art accompany them and demonstrate why it's worth it to keep them in print. No matter the quality of the story, why must uh, we be jumping for joy at the return of a potentially deadly villain rather than heroes who could be returning from unjust limbo? That's a very common thing 
is mm -hmm. uh, the heroes will fade in, characters will fade into obscurity for longer periods of time, whereas villains pop numbers. Mm -hmm. um, this uh, is decidedly no better than celebrating the return of the Joker in Batman. Uh, granted, the storyline is from several years ago, a special miniseries now gathered between two book covers, uh, so it's not a return of Thanos to the screen where he is disintegrated at the end of Avengers Endgame in the movies, but for regular comic book readers, Thanos returning from the dead, defeat the abyss, disintegration, turn to stone, etc. It's not out of the ordinary. And besides, on screen, if all the heroes and half the population of the universe can return five years after being snapped out of existence, why not Thanos? Mm -hmm. The story is from nearly two decades ago, and curious enough... I won't go far. There's some editorializing here. But basically, they're talking about we jump for joy at the return of bad guys. Mm -hmm. um, one of the best uh, examples that I can find is like, whenever there's a new Batman movie, mm -hmm. there's a good amount of um, energy put into uh, like discussion about who's going to play Batman. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. There was a lot of hatred for Ben Affleck and Michael Keaton when they got cast as Batman. But Joker almost always gets more scrutiny. Um, and that's because villains are inherently more interested he's yep. a cherished villain he too is, i would say exactly so uh what the the best example like i got an article here from uh the, another article from cinema blend says the batman's robert pattinson offers thoughts on whether Brett, bruce wayne is actually a hero so even when we're not talking villains we're talking um there's a worship of anti-hero culture and people who don't follow the rules of society uh but live by supposedly a moral code right, right. Uh, so uh, it, it goes along with the fad of deconstructing characters, which seems to be what everybody wants to do nowadays. They want to deconstruct, deconstruct, deconstruct. Mm -hmm. They don't want to actually mm -hmm. hold the character up to the standards that it was raised on. They want to show you what happens when it all falls apart. Um, the, even Like even, a fallen hero? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even in the context of uh, Batman and Superman, Batman is considered far more interesting because he colors outside the lines more than Superman is considered like a Boy Scout. Right, yeah. and he's sort of a, a reject from society. You know, yes. he lives away and he's dark and he's got this damaged yeah. past. Mm -hmm. Well, and he, but he's also, it's the, the character, uh, Clark Kent as our news reporter is kind of meh, but there's uh, a lot of, um, th then Bruce Wayne is a billionaire uh, who then whose soul is so damaged that he uh, spends his nights beating up bad guys because his mom and dad were killed, in, in, you know, mm -hmm. 20 years, and 30 I years think, ago. Yeah. I think we're interested because we as individuals can't just like if someone wrongs you you're not really supposed to take revenge like exactly you're supposed to go to law enforcement one, forget, uh, one forget of the most common like yeah one of the most common themes that i've seen any show that i watch any type of police procedural any type of uh crime noir is the d revenge versus justice what's mm -hmm. the difference and they always give this it's always this very like half-baked uh, emotionally driven response which is about what you'd expect to varying levels of success mm -hmm. yeah. but it seems like that's where it always goes right they're like what's the difference and it's like it's not your job to decide uh, who that is but it does feel like as a society we it feels like people maybe they don't identify more with villains these days but they find them infinitely more interesting yeah, yeah I think in some ways too um, we aren't collectively looking for one representation of our morals we're more interested in um the violation of what our morals are mm -hmm. and so in some ways villains like why are they that way and what allows them to opt out of culture and to challenge culture mm -hmm. in some ways like again they're not necessarily motivated for the right reasons but it's a behavior that i think people are looking and considering especially and i don't want to get too far into it but like given how our lives have changed for the past two years the concept of being like you are we're being told you're a villain mm -hmm. but why like with to, to compare to dexter like dexter 
does hurt innocent people i mean at the end of that series when he kills dokes like his code exists to protect him and insulate him and to give him an out for this energy that he Mm -hmm. has to kill people but his law enforcement father never said but if you get caught you just have to surrender because if this is really the right thing to do you face the consequences for it Mm -hmm. in fact he then proceeds to try and cover it up yep and with villains I think that we're curious about what drives them to abandon the social norms. And even if we would never do it, even if we're not, we don't agree with it, they, I mean, you can't take your eyes off them. Yep. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I really, and I, I don't follow as closely as probably you do, um, Batman Dark Knight was mm-hmm. one of my favorite movies of all time. And Heath Ledger's portrayal of the Joker is yeah. just fascinating to watch if you go on youtube and you look up uh you can find about a thousand character studies that go that invest investigate that character Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. their beliefs on what made him act the way he does Mm -hmm. um and i think that's like when that's what i was about to point out to you as as like the people are infinitely fascinated with why these characters act act the way they do oftentimes Mm -hmm. to a point where they're filling in details that weren't actually there Mm -hmm. uh which is colored from their own experience Mm -hmm. in point of view likely whereas uh a hero who actually who just does what's right technically batman is not a good guy technically by law he's a vigilante which makes him a criminal yeah. just like yeah. the just like the rest of them so there's varying degrees so he's of this, also right? stepping outside the norms of what's yes. permitted in society the other part is like to compare it to superman and i'm not an expert but no one likes a perfect hero mm-hmm. yeah, your they, hero has to have a flaw to be believable and be relatable and for from what i know about superman maybe he's like not very good at his job whatever mm-hmm. but really the only flaw we know about is kryptonite which is like an outside force that limits his ability mm-hmm. usually it's not even that usually it's it's using his family and friends against him mm-hmm. uh that it, it's much more common for lois to be in trouble and uh they can uh, and lex luther can manipulate lois to in control uh clark uh, by threatening lois Mm -hmm. rather than actually threatening clark but what i mean is like we like if superman was like a terrible reporter Mm -hmm. like we would be like he's like this down and out guy who's like you know not very good at his job but it turns out he's an amazing superhero that character is interesting if he's a great reporter and he has this nice job and he has this pretty girlfriend he's also a superhero like we're like meh whereas the villain is messed up and we're like why why are you like that the reason superman and lois work so well is because it's watching him struggle to be both uh, Superman and a dad yep. and a husband and he, and he struggles at and he struggles at the dad and the husband part yeah mm-hmm. so that's what makes that character interesting conflict is what inherently makes these stories interesting one thing that I've seen happen in the last 10 years as writing has uh, kind of plummeted mm-hmm. in, in Hollywood is that they answer questions too quickly they won't let an issue just hang mm-hmm. they will address it right of way right away meaning that emotionally that's what I want in that moment Mm-hmm. But then if you get it, all of the suspense and drama is drained out of it, right? right? So they don't know how to just let an issue sit there for a little bit. Uh, uh, and we need, like, we, we need to fester. We need slow resolutions to, to moral conflicts because it makes us as the viewer tag along to see, like, mm-hmm. how are you going get, to get through this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it makes it relatable to our own, you know, if you have a problem in your life, it normally doesn't get solved right away. In fact, yeah. you have to struggle through it for a little while. I'm going to give you a weird example. It has nothing to do with heroes <laughs> and villains, but okay, there's an old episode of uh, NCIS where this character got offered a promotion, uh, right? And, and he's known as kind of a goofy, he, he, he's a goofy character. Which one, McGee? 
Uh, no, Denozo. Ah. He gets he gets offered a promotion. I love CIS. Don't act yes. like it's not a, a cultural mm-hmm. staple. Yes, it uh, is. He gets offered a promotion in Rota, and mm-hmm. the whole episode he gets dragged by his colleagues talking about like uh, McGee's like if you got a promotion you'd just be out of here. But what he does is he never brings it up. He never brings up the fact that he got offered this promotion, and that speaks to his ability to hold it like. Nowadays, they would just have me like, well, I got offered a job, so mm-hmm. F you mm-hmm. in, in the writing nowadays. They wouldn't have the ability. It makes you think higher, higher of him because he doesn't need to boast. Mm-hmm. It shows that he has a certain amount of resolve. And it also makes you like he, he doesn't have to just snap back at his colleagues uh, just to one up them. He can mm-hmm. hold off on that. Now, this isn't necessarily really, but it, it speaks to writing. Uh, to the ability to write these characters. Uh, so I don't even remember how we got out, what, what we were talking about there, but it, it does relate to the, the downgrade in writing. And I think it's easier to ask uh, hard questions with villains than it is to do with heroes mm-hmm. these days. And people are more interested in that. So they talk about right here, it says, uh, the Batman's Robert Pattinson offers thoughts on whether Bruce Wayne is actually a hero. It says, if there's going to be, uh, if there's one thing we can say for certain about Robert Pattinson's performance in The Batman, it's that it's highly anticipated. Since news broke in 2019 that he'd been cast as Bruce Wayne, fans have had plenty to say about what he'll bring to the role. Pattinson, too, has given some hints as to what we can expect, including a new insight into how he approached the character's mindset in his own new, in his own opinion about whether the Dark Knight is really even a hero at all. Mm-hmm. Pattinson's entry into the pantheon of actors who have played the vigilante has been memorable. Uh, the moment he was cast as the titular character in The Batman, a debate rose as to whether he was suitable to don the bat suit on the big screen. I would actually say that I saw more positive feedback for him because this is like just after the movie The Lighthouse had come out and he had uh, he's kind of proven himself through independent films in the last 10 years to be a, a very talented Also, he actor. regularly makes fun of the Twilight series, even yes. when he was mm-hmm. doing press junkets for it, which makes me laugh. Yep. It says, though a, a few fans went as far as to sign a petition to have him removed, not even close to the bashla- backlash that Ben Affleck got. Uh, the actor uh, doesn't seem to be bothered by the commotion. He made it clear that he was putting the work as necessary by adopting a workout regime uh, and diving headfirst into the primary source material to learn about the character. Uh, I do like that he didn't say, like, oh, I grew up with ba-. A lot of them lie. They're like, oh, I love this character since I was a kid. We're like, no, you didn't. Mm-hmm. I almost like it better to have someone who isn't, like, devoted a devoted fan of Batman, someone who has to study it to get behind it. As long as they're willing to study it. Mm-hmm. See, the reason people love Henry Cavill is because he's a fan of all the stuff that he does. Yeah. He knows everything about The Witcher and he plays the witcher so yeah, sure. uh what they don't want is uh actors doesn't he like pull lines from like the book yes. he's like we must use this line the, yeah so well, like what people don't want is an actor to use these characters as a vehicle for their own beliefs and their own stuff mm-hmm. so it's like now that they're playing that role they're going to change it to fit that this happens a lot with the women with the female superheroes they can't dress sexy anymore well, mm-hmm. it's, it's sexist to make the women dress like they looked in the comic books. Mm. Uh, so it becomes a vehicle for their modern political stance, mm. uh, whereas uh, somebody who actually has reverence for the source material will want it to be as accurate as possible. Yeah. Um, or at least to Do capture the essence of that, it. That like enforcement of beliefs is ever interesting to people? Like if there is a moral that the hero is supposed to be representing... But it's not necessarily a popular moral. Like, if the vi- if, if the villain is interesting because it's like, well, why don't they support that? Yeah. One of the things that's interesting is, like, they, they made a big deal that Ben Affleck as Batman killed a lot of people in the in his uh, Van, like in his uh, version of Batman. Mm-hmm. I still don't buy that anymore. Like, every time uh, Christian Bale ran over a bridge in the Tumblr, there's no way everybody survived all of those encounters. No way. It's just, it's implied off screen, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So I uh, think that's implied. I've always assumed that's implied in all superhero movies. Yes. Like, 
you can't beat up a bad guy without smashing a building or two. Yep. Yeah. It's a, there's that meme. It says like me, like after Superman throws my car at the, at, 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 uh, at dark side and I'm uh, my 12 year old car that I'm still making payments on <laughs> and like, then misses it. But the joke is any misses him. So, <laughs> so no, it, it kind of reminds me of invincible where, um, basically invincible like his first time beating up the um super villain he like messes up a lot of the buildings and then like um atomic eve like she comes in and she's like your first time it's okay <laughs> it's okay being a little bit messy see that's that's wrong you should, mm-hmm. should uh, okay they should have superhero there should be a show about getting superhero insurance well yeah. they do that well, for I the think, boys i think I hate to back this up. Mm-hmm. Doesn't the Incredibles like have a whole thing about how they outlaw superheroes because mm-hmm. they keep destroying they the keep city? Destroying they, the city. They like, did. yeah, you're protecting us, but like, not you're also hurting us. Like, there's a con. How here. is Tony Stark not developed? Did he not develop tech that just prevents the buildings from getting destroyed? Well, that's what Doctor Strange did. Like his smash. Uh, Doctor Strange has that spell where they go into a mirror yeah. universe yep. where nothing gets destroyed because everything's like moving at the same time. But the boys has. They actually do have an insurance company that they go through because they're all corporate. And, and there was a show mm-hmm. a couple of years ago on Hulu. I forget the name of it. It's a show about the people who clean up after huge superhero fights. Uh-huh. Uh, I forgot what it was called. It was a comedy. Yeah. But can you just imagine those people? They're just out there just like, seriously? He had to throw an Escalade? He couldn't have thrown like a Corolla? Yeah. yeah. I don't want to pick up no an Escalade. No around for there you? Was, there was no smaller car for you to throw at at, at uh, evil guy number one? Uh-huh. Uh, so it, are there any villains that you think are more... Uh, that Do you find villains more interesting than heroes? Like, yeah, because... I figured um, you would. Why you say that? Because me and you tend to have more discussions about ba- the bad guys in these things than we do about the good okay, guys. Okay, well, for me, that's why I like the series The Boys, because they... They talk about superheroes, but they have a dark side to them. Because if imagine you talk about Superman, like being goody two shoes, he's perfect and everything. It gets boring. Mm-hmm. Yep. You need to talk about something else. Everybody's the only thing people cared about <clears throat> in the last few years with Superman was mm-hmm. doing black suit Superman, yeah, so that they could see him evil. Uh, mm-hmm. And that maybe that's why Henry Cavill just can't seem to catch a break <coughs> and get a freaking another Superman movie, yeah. right? Like, what's the guy got to do? He loves Superman. He loves superheroes. He loves comics. He loves all things nerd culture. This side? Other side. Other side? Mm-hmm. There we go. Thank you. Uh, so uh, I, I just think it's... Uh, the. Uh, bringing back to what I said before about writing kind of going downhill, I think that the writers don't know how to write complicated good guys because nope. it's easier to write complicated bad guys because they find it people find it more right. engaging. Well, and I think like a vigilante character like Batman, he, while they're not a villain, they're not exactly following like what the city or what the standard. His rule is represents. you don't ki- you don't kill people. That's mm-hmm. right. Uh, so that that's about it. And I think in more modern culture there's a lot of people who are frustrated with the status quo Mm -hmm. and so a villain challenges status quo if they could write more heroes that are not totally conforming to the status quo but they're not you know on the other spend they aren't motivated by destruction mm-hmm. it's that usually would be motives interesting. it's usually because that's why people love the punisher and all that dude yep. and he just he loves to kill bad guys he <laughs> loves to kill bad guys his favorite thing in the world uh but it's motivated by a hatred of crime and his, his the death of his family at least in the in the within the context of the netflix his family was killed by um but it, i like the comic but, books where he kills the whole marvel universe yeah yeah the, he's uh the punisher is one of those characters that's fantastic but like mm-hmm. i said motives deem uh because 
because it's uh, out of grief and loss for his family, mm-hmm. that's deemed more acceptable to kill a bunch of uh, gang uh, of gang members from various um, <laughs> from, <laughs> from various boroughs. I think it's their motivation, but I also think it's like a, a representation. Like if if superhero is an extension of basically. Um, regular law and order and we don't necessarily agree with regular laws then mm-hmm. we don't necessarily want to root for him we don't want the villain to win but we don't really necessarily want it the status quo to stay the same and so in some ways like a super oh, oh, to me it seems like a well-written superhero for this audience given the interest in wh- how villains make their moral decisions would be someone like Batman who represents this crossroads of uh, you know wanting to make things better without wanting to just let standard thing or standard fallacies and standard mm-hmm. issues yeah. continue. And it doesn't just have to be uh, superheroes. Maverick police officers, very common trope. Uh, somebody who ignores regular. Uh, those are the ones where I have the fun. I have the I have the most the funniest time like dissecting. I'm mm-hmm. like he just walked into that house without any sort of warrant. This would be thrown out in court. He he just punched yeah. that dude like in a city in, in New York City in a city of like ten thousand cameras. Somebody got that on film. He's get that's getting thrown out. Mm-hmm. You really have to suspend your you, like you almost have to suspend your disbelief more for down to earth characters than you have to, than you do for like comic book characters or something sci fi fantasy mm-hmm. because there's so much bureaucracy involved mm-hmm. in that yeah. process. Like Batman can beat up all the people he wants. The only unrealistic part of that is that he's a billionaire mm-hmm. who also works out. Uh, is in great shape and a genius uh, detective. <laughs> That's unrealistic. But a cop punching a dude in the face, breaking into his house, arresting him, and then getting a convic- conviction is almost less likely. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think we want our heroes or villains to be in a position where we get to evaluate on our own. Like, like with Dexter, you know, he's a bad guy, but he's killing people who are committing really heinous crimes and he has to prove it. So do we root for him? Because he's still killing people. He's outside the law. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's what people are interested in about like vigilanteism. They they want someone who is, they are, because they have decided that their moral codes are higher, are more important than the regulations that they are allowed to live in. They're willing to step outside them to achieve ultimate justice Uh, and with villains like they are similar because they have their own moral code and they are willing to step outside norms to achieve whatever their goal is it's just normally not something we all want to happen right yeah exactly it's funny too because when they in dexter when he he, what's the the son's name matt was the son's name matt caldwell like you knew that he was going to die Mm -hmm. by how much of a douchebag they made him and how like I uh, want you to like him. On how yeah like like whenever a character is like really really over the top like mm-hmm. it's one of the worst it's one of the things I hate the most about modern uh, entertainment is like they don't have any faith in the audience to take the nuance of it so they got to make him the worst person ever it's yeah. the it's yeah. the it's the trope in like on it not honest trailers and like uh, cinema sins when they're like all bad guys are rapists yeah because like uh, that like anytime like a bad guy captures a woman he's like it looks like he's going to rape her because he's got to be really bad yeah he has to to commit despicable acts so you know absolutely no one's gonna disagree you this one's gotta die yep Mm -hmm. you're you're allowed to kill him if he if he did that that's what they'd say you're making me think of bane from batman Mm -hmm. i don't remember which one he's from but um when he has that speech about how he was born in darkness Mm -hmm. like if someone told you they were born evil the way that we know dexter is like Mm -hmm. you expect them to behave differently and what i think the audience is motivated by is like okay we know this person is completely unlike me. How do they make their decisions? How do they come to a point where, like, to, to decide what they're motivated by? Yeah. If you did not 
if the things you were told are right were actually wrong, yeah, how would that change how you operate? Yeah, in the world? or would you change it all? Mm-hmm. Uh, what's funny is they mentioned Thanos, and what they're talking about is complicated villains. So Thanos would be more in line with like Ra's al Ghul in yeah. in uh, in Batman, meaning that they don't want to uh, in. in in Infinity Gauntlet or in Infinity War in the movie, he wants to uh, delete, delete. He wants to snap away half of the world's population because the world's dying. Yeah. Uh, in uh, with Ra's al Ghul, uh, the League of Assassins. Just uh, uh, every time a city uh, or a civilization hits the pinnacle of its being, they destroy it and allow it to burn so that it can start a fr- start fresh. Yeah. And they mm-hmm. see that as a moral undertaking right yeah. so and it's we don't like it because we our social code, code tells us that we are not supposed to determine who lives and who dies mm-hmm. because we're not allowed to and i don't think this is wrong but i'm just saying like we are not supposed to decide that one life is more valuable than mm-hmm. another whereas like if you were in a society that was like much more we use the word pragmatic here but it's also very cold and yeah. potentially cruel yeah. like if you were to be like this society is not flourishing therefore it should die or you know um the man in the high castle yes explores nazism and like the idea that like if you are genetically not born if you're not going to make it if you're going to be a burden on society you should die like Mm -hmm. you're not worth feeding like that i i don't want to be a part of that but on the other hand like you can see where the logic comes from it just Mm -hmm. has no empathy and we are afraid of a world that doesn't have a humanity that values us when we are weak that's true and people oh go ahead no no because like um world war ii like the nazis and also Japanese people they got rid of a lot of people who were on the spectrum like autistic mm-hmm. because they didn't see them as very valuable which is crazy mm-hmm. because yeah. now some of the most successful men in the world are on the autism spectrum I know but like um, most of them they were thinking like more on Down syndrome right and they mm-hmm. thinking they would be dependent they could never care yeah. for themselves or contribute equally the way someone else could imagine that like if we operated it that way because Thanos he didn't say who lives or dies he said it would be random but when but a company like when a company is in crisis when a company is losing <clears throat> money and they have to fire lots of people yeah. they don't hire fire their most productive workers they look for people who bottom up yeah they look yeah. for people who aren't contributing who can't pull their own weight yeah. or who don't have the institutional knowledge and therefore contribute in a way that someone else might mm-hmm. I mean we do make these decisions it's just not life and death Yep. Yeah, I think people are fascinated by uh, like w- like with a Ra's al Ghul or a Thanos or a uh, Fortune 500 CEO putting people on the <laughs> chopping block. They appreciate the uh, I shouldn't say appreciate. They're fascinated by the drive and the willingness to do something you believe in, even if it's horrible. Um, be, just because that person's operating uh, under a different set of societal rules that they believe very str- very few people feel feel so strongly about things in their mm-hmm. life that they're willing to uh, risk undertake everything. risk uh, not just their own he- their own uh, freedom or their life but the scorn of society right t- because it's what they believe in mm-hmm. right so when you can identify they did this the same thing in Arrow season one when yeah. Malcolm Merlin wants to to destroy the glades because he believes that that's where like all the crime is being committed there all the bad things are going and those villains are fascinating because they're willing to do what's necessary because they are also trying to make the world a better better place just in a very awful way in some mm-hmm. ways i'm gonna draw a weird comparison here but have you seen les mis Mm-mm. yeah so it's about uh revolution in france mm-hmm. and one of the lines in one of the there are all these young guys who are they want to overthrow the government for better representation and they have this political motivation but what they talk about is 
nothing in life matters more than our cause right now because this yeah. is something we are doing for the greater good. Yep. And I think in some ways, like if you were to just pull a bunch of quotes, like for a lot of people, these rebels are dangerous. Like yeah. they yeah. are, they are, they are villains. They yeah. are doing something bad, but then in other perspectives, they are good. And so are villains actually just rebels who are drawn to a cause that we can't understand but they might be right yep. well, or are they really truly evil who lack who lack humanity mm-hmm. and risk you know are are, un- are overtly cruel well have you seen the film theory why Thanos was actually trying to save the planet earth no so um he so Matt Pat he did a theory that Thanos is actually the hero and we didn't see it because like how he worded it mm-hmm. it sounds very cruel and unusual but basically in the movie Eternals kind of explains it why he kind of was trying to save us because um down on earth there's like the celestial that's being born and they said basically as the population increases it absorbs like all the power and like sources that as the population is growing so as we increase in population the bigger it gets and the faster it will grow and hatch and basically destroy our whole planet so matt pat's theory was basically thanos tried to slow down that process by cutting down the population population. because it operates on the population increasing so if we cut it in half and we start all over again Mm -hmm. basically the process would be slower Mm -hmm. so they said basically if you look in that perspective Thanos is actually the hero yeah. but when no- you when you re-examine mm-hmm. your hero's motivations I mean yeah my favorite version of this ever is not a superhero thing it's from How I <laughs> Your Mother and I think other people do it yeah Barney Stinson mm-hmm. like roots for whatever kid in yeah. uh Cobra Kai or the yep. Kung Fu kid what is it I don't remember. Karate, Karate, Kid. Kid. Karate Kid. Thank yeah. you. I've actually never seen that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, he roots for the other guy. He's like, look, he was just defending himself. Yeah. And, da, 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 da. and like. Johnny did nothing wrong. I have never seen that movie, but mm-hmm. it was really hard. For, I don't think I could watch it now because mm-hmm. I know you're supposed to see the other guy as the hero. And I think I'll always hear yep. this other version because I heard Yeah, it because Barney. Also, yeah. you have to remember that in the writing process, every villain should view themselves as the hero in their own story. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, it really is kind of equivocal. Uh, <laughs> I, I, th- I think of it as one of the more fascinating aspects of these things because it is just a matter of now we're in an age now where stories are getting told where there's enough bankable uh, material that you can make a, a story like this and then make a you can make a story about Daniel uh, uh, called the Karate Kid and then make uh, Cobra Kai about Johnny mm-hmm. uh, so we're, there's, we're more likely to get more stories like that told over mm-hmm. time which is why we deconstruct these characters yeah um, so yes I don't know it, um, it, it is just, what it is. It is what it is, and people like villains more because they have an interesting story yep. in this story. Well, and I think they're written to be more complicated. Mm-hmm. Is really yep. what it is. Yeah. Yep. People, uh, I, I at least I, I believe that that uh, the I do miss the the mustache twirling villain from time to time <laughs> because it makes the story more simple, and sometimes a, a simpler story is better. I know. But that Hawk as long as you, teased you with Jack. I know. I thought Jack was going to be a mustache twirling villain. Really? I, was very, I was very sad when I found out he was actually see, but then they made him a good guy by the end so that was halfway decent writing Mm -hmm. so i say we talk i want to talk netflix um because okay uh i recently was uh looking through my (laughs) 
my my bill uh, for like all the streaming services and everything. And I get these ads all the time about like pay just one bill for all your streaming services. Right. I, I I don't I don't think I've ever seen anybody actually use something like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, they make it, those for like news sites too. Like yes. subscribe to this and you'll get access to hundreds of magazines. Yep. So, so this is uh, from TV Line. It says Netflix is raising its price again. Uh, will now be the most expensive streamer, which I suppose makes sense given that they've been the, at the forefront of this. It says, mm-hmm. it will soon cost a bit more to stream shows like The Witcher and Emily in Paris. Netflix is raising the price for all subscriptions in the U.S. and Canada. Uh, effective immediately for new users, standard a plan for, U- for U.S. subscribers, which permits two simultaneous HD streams uh, and is the most popular tier, meaning that people don't need like five yeah. Yeah. So it says it went from thirteen ninety nine to fifteen forty nine per month. Uh, that puts it over HBO Max's fifteen dollars a month. Yeah, that one's fourteen ninety nine, and is now the most expensive streaming service. Uh, the standard plan for users for Canada has also gone up for another dollar fifty, with the tier now at sixteen forty nine. Netflix previously raised its prices in January twenty twenty one, with consumers seeing a one to two dollar price hike across all subscription plans. Uh, we understand people have more entertainment choices than ever, and we're committed to delivering an even better experience for our members. And Netflix rep said in a statement, "We're updating our prices so that we can continue to offer a wide variety of quality entertainment options. As always, we offer a range of plans so members can pick a price that works for their budget." Yeah, uh, I do know that Netflix op- uh, uh, operates almost entirely at a loss at all times. They're always having to reinvest all their money back into all the projects that they make. Right? Uh, when you think about just how much stuff comes out from them hmm. all the time. Uh, it's kind of insane. Do you have any, like, I don't know if you keep up with any of stuff, which is like, cause like Chris has all of them, like every streaming service there is. I think this, my pet theory is that this is a gender difference. I pay for no streaming services, but my older brother pays for, well, uh, he doesn't, he like purged a bunch of them. It's like, I wasn't even using them. Yeah. Uh, I, I have, I have. I, all, all I know are girls who use their boyfriend's accounts. I'm sure some of them do it. I do but, it. Yeah, I think this female is like, privilege. I think this is a man thing. Like, I think having access to these things is deeply gendered. Netflix, uh-huh. please produce a study on which interesting what percentage is actually male owned. Um, interesting. Uh, are you asking me what I think of their price hikes? So, do, do, do you think this is inflation related? I think Maybe. it could be, but I have been wondering since they operate at a loss and since they're trying to produce so much, if they are playing a long-term game where they're going to keep some of it is inflation but some of it is they're just going to keep raising the price until people are like whoa that's way too much and they'll be like oh no 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 that's it that's it they've done that a few times and then they bumped it back down um and so then they do it but the problem is they i think they're just trying i mean my pet theory would be that they are trying to see how much they can get because um you know right now i don't have the numbers in front of me but i know so many people who when netflix started to get big enough Mm -hmm. they canceled their cable subscriptions because they were like i don't watch all these channels that's what i was going to bring up that we're talking about basically we're at a point now where if you pay for all of these you're just paying for your cable cable. package but you just get to choose what you watch yeah Yeah. and you are never likely to watch all i mean I, i i wonder what price point or how many hours or how many users you'd have to have on one netflix account to you know make it worth it versus like something like amazon prime where you pay for a show where some stuff comes free and some stuff you pay for um you know that i only watch prime stuff that's available on prime there are, on Amazon Prime. that's that's what i would do but there are people who you know they weigh it right yeah i i won't pay a certain amount if i'm renting something on prime but if i'm with a bunch of people and it's a movie we're talking about and i can get it at the cheapest price point i yeah. might pay for it there's a uh, there like 
I pay $75 a month now. Wow. Uh, but that includes YouTube. Uh, I, I despise ads. Uh, with you all my do not pay for YouTube TV. Premium, not TV. Okay, I was about to Yeah, YouTube Premium you. is its own, like, sort of uh, thing. I think there are people who would pay for YouTube who wouldn't pay for any streaming services. Yep. Partially because, like, you can listen to, whole, like, music. Like, YouTube offers... The whole point is that you can put your, po- your phone back in your pocket without having to, like, have the screen on. Right, yeah. and it's, like, a variety... You know, it's not... You could listen to podcasts, but you could also listen to music, but you could also listen to, you know, pirated TV shows or whatever yep. else. Uh, or Yeah, Miracle. You know, whatever is there, whereas Netflix doesn't give you that same option. At least option. I watch it for free. Yep. I would be curious to see how many people pay for a streaming service like Hulu or Netflix versus how many pay for something like Spotify. Yeah. Um, I am not willing to pay for, you know, again, to revert back to cable. Like, if we're trying mm-hmm. to keep our costs effective, I will split a Netflix account with someone, but... I will not have multiple. Like if I pay for one, I'd only pay for one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I also don't consume a lot of content that way. Yep. Yeah. And I think that I've definitely added on since we've started doing this because there's stuff I have to have. Like I didn't have HBO Max before. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got HBO Max, and it's now easily my favorite out of all of them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as far as uh, stuff, they just added Fringe on there. Isn't that the cheapest one too? Uh no no uh Hulu uh, I'm sorry not Hulu um <coughs> I believe. I only have listed here like the ad supported uh, or the I'll ads, the, up, the not ad support, like the ones where like, yeah. I don't count ad supported ones. No, that's, that's, different. that's stupid. Um, Netflix, uh, I believe Hulu is the cheapest. I believe Hulu is twelve ninety nine. I think, oh, do you remember and Netflix Disney, was no, Disney $7 Plus, a month? Disney Plus is seven ninety nine a month. Okay. But a lot of the, when their stuff and, comes and out. And Disney Plus sometimes like, it, like I just moved and so like internet my internet provider was like we'll give you i don't know a year of disney plus for a year whatever a else. lot of it comes with like uh t-mobile like phone companies mm-hmm. provide a year mm-hmm. uh, that was a big pa- part of their package when disney plus and launched. then you become hooked because there's something you have to yep. watch so my <laughs> theory is also if they raise prices high enough they'll the way that netflix got you to drop cable they're yeah. they want you to start dropping other streaming services yeah. like if um my brother uh, was decided he was going to like work out more mm-hmm. and so he dropped his Hulu and his Netflix account because that basically equaled his gym membership. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this was sad for me as I used both of them because I am You're not like, only, come on, I'm not only his younger sister, I'm his permanent parasite. Yep. Yeah. But um, I didn't then enroll in Netflix, right? Whereas yeah. like if you know that you use HBO, Netflix, I don't know what, an, Disney Plus and um, Hulu Dude, and there's so you many might more. decide that Hulu and Disney Plus can go but you'll keep Netflix it's slightly higher but then you you really love HBO Max yeah like I keep Netflix for a baseline of like three shows so that keep that as long as they're there I will keep them meaning mm-hmm. like uh, the first 13 seasons of NCIS Longmire uh, well also you can keep Netflix if you have a VPN if only we had a sponsorship. The, if well, you use a VPN, you can use it pretty much for everything. You, you can, can get, cancel the rest. I don't know if... Um, if the, Do you think the VPN works for the other ones as well? Do you think there's unlock... No, there's so gotta be, Charlie tests out the theory, so he can't use... Um, so when he was in Peru, he used the VPN on HBO Max. It doesn't work. Okay. Yeah. Well, because they don't if, have it supported in all in all other countries. Because the new the ones that have launched here in the last like year and a half, like Amazon Prime. Yeah. Or, or, I'm sorry. Uh, like HBO Max and uh, 
and Disney Plus yeah. aren't available in every country. Mm-hmm. Nope. So so basically, it depends which service you use. But um, Netflix most definitely supports all the ser- um, like all the VPNs. So it's basically in every country. Yep. So if you do want to watch NCIS, the full series, well, no, you they can have the other VPN. seasons. I just Look, only, mm-hmm. I only care about the first or ten. Or you could be like me, and since I don't like giving money away to any company, and I don't love the internet all the time. Mm-hmm. I only watch a certain number of shows. There are only like five shows I'll watch on repeat all the time. This yeah. is why I. Well, that's the same for me. So like, I, when when Netflix got rid of Gilmore Girls, which is my favorite series of all time, mm-hmm. I, I'm just gonna buy the box set of every season and keep a DVD player. Around. And that's what you should be doing. Uh, you should be buying physical media because they are changing things. Like there's uh, there's changes made to Back to the Future on on Disney Plus. Really? Uh, oh mm-hmm. yeah, they 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 edited out the the porno mag. Uh, and, uh, but they, they make little changes that you wouldn't think are significant. But, but they indicate they are. cultural changes. They change yeah. your perception of, of that product, right? So uh, bu- buying physical media is the way to go with movies. For me, I hate having to change a disc every four episodes. So mm. what you do is you buy it and then you download the episodes uh, onto like an external drive and put them into VLC media player. Um, we don't advise this. No, I'm saying what rip if I it from instead? What okay. if I instead go to a flea market, get one of those old DVD players that you can load like twelve DVDs in at once, and then I get Wait, them to play. Wait, those exist? Like, I thought that was only Isn't CD players. Oh, I think is it only CD? It was CD players? Again, I'm not great with technology, <laughs> but. I'm so, just saying there are ways around this. <clears throat> also, to answer our question earlier, which one's the cheapest uh, streaming service? It's Peacock TV coming at four ninety nine per month. Oh man, and that has The Office. So, mm-hmm. and number two is Hulu. It's seven ninety nine, but that's with six ninety nine. But that's with ads. Mm-hmm. Uh, without ads, it's twelve ninety nine. Yeah, Hulu's worth keeping around if you watch Sons of Anarchy or any of. Uh, I believe Breaking Bad is still on there. It's uh, still on there. Also, both Deadpool movies are on there. If you like the simpsons and like the new seasons only the new seasons are on there see the problem is all this stuff is spread out over all of these it used to be netflix had a majority rule on all the stuff because it was all mm-hmm. sold in. yeah now you're literally just going to pay for cable again by yeah. having it all connected to mm-hmm. the same, to well, the same thing so much stuff is subscription based right yep. now i mean i just gave a rant i'm not i'm unlikely to pay for a TV or movie stream service, but I am weighing up whether or not to pay for Audible because I love audiobooks. I have a long commute. She's so much more cultured. No, than us. it's not. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I can't watch a movie while I'm driving, but I can listen to a book while I'm running and I'm driving and I'm doing other things. Mm-hmm. But I am annoyed that I pay for Amazon Prime and it's not included. Mm-hmm. Like, why would it not be the same thing? Strangled them. Unless it is. Are they I'm owned by Amazon Prime? Audible. Did Audible is. get bought? Okay. Um, um, I used to use Audible a lot. Uh, <coughs> I haven't. In, well, I want a competitor to be like, look. I'll pay for less or I'll be free. There so. was uh, when Annie Jacobson released. If anyone knows of one, I'd really appreciate it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so there's also, you could sail the high seas, but we do not, we do not promote that here. That's honestly no, too high tech for me. I'm not going to lie to you. It's, <laughs> it's okay. I'll help you later. No, no, she will not help you. We, we do not. We I just want to listen to audiobooks because I'm a grandma. <laughs> okay. Let me live my life. So, do you so, want to go knitting later? I'm trying to. Um, I can't pick. knit, but I can embroider. Oh, I can teach you knitting. I'll like, teach you an embroider if you want. Oh, I kind of know how, but Ooh, I will okay. love to learn no, again. No, it's fine. Yeah. So, I love it. Handicraft trades. And then we can, yeah. we can sit in front of a DVD player and be like, you know, the Nazis. Yeah, exactly. We'll just be our own Gilmore girls. I'd love that. Yep. A quote from um, Gina and um, <clears throat> Jeannie and Georgia. Basically, they were like, we're like the Gilmore girls, but bigger tits. Yeah. <laughs> 
thank you for that sorry i wish we could do a whole gilmore girls episode podcast gilmore girls is such a canon show it's Mm -hmm. so fascinating it's also based on um like where i grew up so Mm -hmm. i'm Ah. sentimentally attached to it yeah but you know what brett's attached to no before we go Uh, that i just i don't say it does seem like with most of these services uh where seinfeld goes and where the office goes so goes the public yeah uh like uh, they're basically all just vying to get background shows you can watch in the background meaning the office simpsons Mm -hmm. uh breaking not breaking the office simpsons seinfeld all shows that are like it were extremely culturally relevant at one point how i met your mother how yeah people listen to that in the background yep. big bang theory also netflix is only making money um money still because coca melon and the b movie there's only one person who watches the b movie constantly and he's like a four-year-old and they interviewed his whole family he watches it like hours on end and that's why netflix still keeps it there just for him that's hmm. not real that, that that's a marketing thing <laughs> it's a marketing thing but he is like the number one viewer of that movie it's uh it wasn't there there was just like a neon and geeky video yesterday about baby shark uh talking about the prevalence of like um children's t- television sh- television t- like mm-hmm. how like mm-hmm. all the marketing is going to like three and under mm-hmm. now and they're like we don't have to deal with shippers you just gotta, and you have to get them like hooked yep. allow, they'll be the most loyal audience you've ever had are you guys excited for netflix to one day launch a dating app where it's like you watch these shows maybe you no they try to do that no none for me don't give don't oh. give your information away well they try to do that i think netflix oh it was called um love at first sight their first dating show no, I mean, she means like I an mean, actual like, if dating Netflix app. Netflix looked at your data and was mm-hmm. like, "You've watched this movie." Well, that's what times. Spotify. This guy lives in your area mm-hmm. and has also seen it. Maybe you should hang out. Mm-hmm. Well, and watch Spotify tried to do the same thing where they try to get your DNA to see what music you liked. That was like a big no. thing for a bit. None for me. <clears throat> no, th- no, absolutely thanks. not. Yeah. No, thank you. I've seen what I needed to see. Mm-hmm. No. I'd like off now. I'd li- I'd like to get off here, please. <laughs> me over here with my DVD player. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you have like a VH. Tape. I have a, I have a VHS player. Oh, really? I got it from a flea market, and I love it. It's a D- DVD VHS combo. Highly recommend. Hang out with me with the apocalypse. Damn, happens. Andy. I have I have a couple of uh, VHS players at home in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Uh, just kept for all my old VHS skating videos. I have so much respect for you. Heck yeah, uh, Andy <laughs> still has his, and I never touched it because all his tapes are just skating tapes. Well, yeah, skater boy people <laughs> exactly. from uh, our age when we grew up, we did not have back in pe- our day. People will <laughs> exactly. never understand the struggle of like kids today go out and can film skating on their phone right they yeah. don't understand the, the work that went into actually getting yourself filmed skating when we were growing up you had to fu- first of all you had to have a friend that was rich because he had to have a camera or who stole one or, or, or <coughs> I don't know if we that ever happened we don't condone that but then you had to get that person to come out to the skate session. Mm-hmm. You had to film the trick. If you couldn't get it done in the amount of tries before the battery died or the tape ran out, you had to rewind. And yeah, they don't know how easy they got it these days. Mm, uphill kids, to kids these days. Uphill to school both, both ways. ways. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm uh, just out of this loop. Yep. Yeah, well, it's because you're the, you're because <laughs> you're your kids. About. Your kids. You're the person we're talking about. I'm like about right this. in the like in between. I kind of mm. know what he means, but I can translate to your to yes. your <laughs> exactly. I'm like, what is this? Like <laughs> legit. This I mean, is gonna be a long show today, by the way. <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're already well over an hour and twenty five minutes. Okay, we'll just get right into justified because I am it's the only justified one talking it, about VH types. It is okay. Justified. One of the segments that I originally wanted to do when we started this 
podcast, I wanted a segment where we would go through old shows that we really liked mm. and pitch it to people who uh, may not have ever seen it. Um, I love that idea. Uh, this is the perfect opportunity for me to pitch to you. If you love uh, any type of, um, it, it's crime noir, it's Western in a way, it takes place in small town America. Uh, it is both tropey and disrespectful while also being simultaneously not disrespectful to the cultures there because the people they're showing that, that they're showing you are all ultimately bad people so when they play on these tropes of like small town people being dumb and uh and they kind of all act awful mm -hmm. it's because they're bad guys right the good guys aren't portrayed that way but this is a, a show called justified and it is getting relaunched um uh, it's based on a book series by elmore leonard uh about a character named Raylan Givens. Uh, he's a U.S. Marshal, uh, and he gets sent back to his, uh, in, to his old hometown of Harlan, mm -hmm. uh, and he has to, he has to um, be, be a U.S. Marshal in this small town because he gets uh, in trouble for shooting a bad guy. Un, uh, uh, un well, it is provoked. Like, he couldn't tell that the guy had a gun, but then mm. he's, he's, he's a maverick. Remember I mentioned maverick cops earlier? He's a maverick yeah. U.S. Marshal uh, in a town with increasing crime, uh, and it really is about the people who are looking to like, they're looking for the fast way out of their problems. Yeah. And it's always the something for nothing schemes, but there's something so damn lovable about every single one of them. It has one of the deepest benches of characters you will, at least as far as actors that you will ever see. Uh, Timothy Oliphant plays uh, Raylan Givens. Okay. Uh, mm -hmm. Nick Searcy plays his boss. Uh, <laughs> now, Nick Searcy is kind of... Um, what would be the term? Nick Searcy is kind of, might be a little bit... He, he's very MAGA. Uh, let's just say that. Nick Searcy is very MAGA uh, in, in today's current year. So he's making movies with Gina Carano right now for The Daily Wire. Oh, wow. Yes. Uh, he plays Art Mullen. That's his, his head director. Joelle Carter as Ava Crowder. Jacob Pitts as Tim, Tim Gutterson. And Erica Tazell as Rachel Brooks. Erica Tazell and Tim and Jacob Pitts are probably the two most underused characters in the whole show. They're U.S. Marshals as well. But the... Oliphant is such a standout actor and he's the yeah. star of the show that he gets most of the play. The other is Walton Goggins as Boyd Crowder. Mm -hmm. um, if you want to see uh, a masterclass in how to play a uh, lovably bad but charismatic villain, uh, look up clips of him in this show. Uh, and Natalie Z as Winona Hawkins, she's from the first few seasons and then she appears at the end. One of, uh, uh, one of the best actresses working today, Jerry Burns, who is a comedian mostly, but does this. And uh, I don't know how to pitch it in a way that does the show justice. Uh, well, you can say, um, so the actor who plays like the main character, you can say, the actor that brought you Raising Hope is in this movie, but he's grittier. Yeah, Ooh. well, it's, it's uh, Timothy Oliphant uh, mm -hmm. was also in Deadwood, and Deadwood is a lot of people, that's maybe m many people's favorite w modern Western drama. Oh, I mean, really? It's not, it's not t mm -hmm. doesn't take place in modern times, but it was created in modern, so he, he fits <laughs> this role very well. And this... Uh, is this a genre you're normally interested in? Uh, I mean, all crime shows interest me, but this one's more outside the spectrum of uh, like you don't see a lot of shows taking place in Kentucky. Yeah, you just yeah. don't, and it f they, you both feel like you're there. I believe it, f it was filmed in Atlanta, so it's mm -hmm. filmed in Georgia, so it, it covers for it fairly well. Yeah, but you feel the hope, like like when we talk about the the opioid crisis mm -hmm. uh, and the hopelessness that comes with that, you feel it. 
but you feel a sense of hope as these people do awful things, mm-hmm. as these ba- as the series bad guys go about their harebrained schemes, and he has to uh, you know deal with this, deal with the increasing violence, the increasing crime. He's getting into trouble uh, because he do- he doesn't follow rules and he takes matters into his own hands. And it's writing that I don't think you if the writing for the reboot can be a quarter as good as the writing was in the original show it will be leagues ahead of most of what you're seeing on TV today. Wow. Um, That's like a high standard to yes. hit there. Uh, it, and, and this is all personal taste in, genre, in, in your genres. In the, like, if this show didn't have uh, Timothy Oliphant as Raylan Givens or Walton Goggins as Boyd Crowder, mm-hmm. it would have fallen flat very, very fast, even with the good writing. It's the delivery mm-hmm. from yeah. both of those characters. It's, uh, it's uh, the accent that both of them put on in this. I kid you not, um, Walton Goggins, uh, his character of Boyd Carter, he was originally supposed to be just a, a, a like a, a couple episodes in season one and becomes a, a regular through the mm-hmm. re- end of the season. He plays a... Uh, <laughs> He goes to jail for blowing stuff up and he pretends to be a white... He, he's like a criminal, right? But he's like, he's like I'm going to be with the white supremacist, but it's really just because he wants to blow things up and commit crimes. I'm going to be a preacher because he just wants to get people to, uh, to follow him. He, goes through, he wears all these hats and one of the things I'm worried about more than anything is that they're going to make the stuff about race and racism a huge part of it mm-hmm. because it's the, the new season, just like Dexter took place in a new place for new blood uh the new one is going to take place in detroit that is a problem that is i i don't want to see whereas i was why i because i believe that the environment and the and the locations and the characters and the habits of the characters that represent that were representative of kentucky Mm -hmm. i believe that was as much of a character on that show as the as any other actual human character so the type of people that they're portraying meaning southern folk uh, they, you know, the it's the locations. Well, it's, it's southern impoverished people. Is what yes, I'm exactly. So part of that, what's interesting though, is to pick Detroit. Is that there is a lot of poverty, but it's going to be a Detroit. different type. So uh, right, and I think in some ways that could destroy the show, which is probably what you're afraid of, or it could be really interesting because of the mm-hmm. fact that they have mastered being able to do that. Well, yeah. you might they might be able to take on a challenge they can manage. I guess perhaps my worry is that the, the, the writing was so consistent for those six seasons of characters in that world that I'm worried that if he doesn't nail it mm-hmm. for those characters in Detroit, mm-hmm. then the rest of the show falls mm-hmm. victim to it, right? Okay. So it could work as a fish out of uh, a fish out of water story. As Raylan Givens is, he's got his southern accent and he's very slow. He mm-hmm. he moves very slow and deliberately. He's a man with a code. Uh, maybe that works. Men with code. That's the theme of this episode today. Yeah, yep. that, uh, it does seem that way, right? So m- maybe it works. Uh, uh, I'm worried that they won't bring... Like, it depends on if they bring those other characters back. Like, if they don't get Walton Goggins back as Boyd Crowder... Mm-hmm. Like, and I've never read the Elmore Leonard story that the that the that that this is based on. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that character plays a role in there. I don't know how relevant that is. Like, I don't know how much of that character was in the books as opposed to what became so important in the television show. But if you're looking for something that is beautifully apolitical from the early 2000 uh, from like 2010 to 2015 that has really really smart writing really really lived in feel to its characters like as far as like and I only listed you mm-hmm. like main cast like the the amount of people that like it most of the characters get 20-30 episodes mm-hmm. like just guest characters yeah. so when I say lived in I actually mean that meaning that it feels like one living breathing 
world That's right so cool like uh all these I, i'm down here like i'm 20 characters down uh caitlin deaver plays uh loretta mccready she was in 17 episodes from 2011 to 2015 so you come you they see come these characters mm -hmm. they come back you're you see them for a, a little bit each episode they've got their stuff going on the stories are wrapped up you know it's more realistic of a community Exactly. So yeah. the question is, do they do the same thing for whatever mini series they do for, you know, down the line for the show? Like I'm going down here, down the line. It takes like half a page before you get to anybody who's even in under 10 episodes. Wow. So uh, like actresses like um, Margot Martindale, really, really good. Sam Elliott. Everyone loves I love Sam, Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott plays Avery Markham. Uh, and a lot of these characters came on. Like, I believe if I remember correctly, Sam Elliott came on because he loved the show. And he's like, can you write a can you write a role for me? I, I, I could be misre misremembering that. But Alicia Witt, Kevin Rankin, all these actors that would be major guest stars in like uh, other shows just live in this in the series. Mm -hmm. And it's mm -hmm. beautiful. So uh, it's when does uh, it come out? This was just announced, so it's going to be a while okay. bef before we get it. But uh, I, I guess uh, if they bring back the old cast, it would be cool for them to take like Erica Tazel's character or Robbie Pitt's character and use them better. Mm -hmm. I, I doubt they get. I, I don't know if they get Art back. Um, I, I don't know if Nick Searcy would uh, uh, would be back for this. That would be cool if he, if if he was. But it is absolutely something that uh, if if you guys are looking for something to pass the time with until that show comes out, go and watch the original Justified. Um, I think it's absolutely worth it. But I've got the article here. I just want to read a little bit about what they've got saying here so that we don't just go on without it. It says, mm -hmm. a revival of, Ju <coughs> of Justified has been ordered uh, to series at FX, which is the original producer. That's heartening as well that it's the original network that did it uh timothy oliphant set to reprise his role as u.s marshal raylan givens uh variety ex re exclusively reported the project was in the works in march 2021 the new iteration of the drama is inspired by elmore leonard's novel city primeval uh high noon in detroit so it's based on a very specific uh story leonard created the character of givens who appeared in several of the authors author's novels and the novella fire in the hole that's the the, the tv show is based off the novella fire in the hole mm -hmm. um officially titled justified city primeval the new show picks up with givens eight years after he left kentucky behind he now lives in miami uh walking anachronism <laughs> balancing his life uh, as u.s marshal and part-time father of a 14 year old girl his hair is grayer his hat is dirtier and the road in front of him suddenly a lot shorter than the road behind uh, a chance encounter on a desolate Florida highway sends him to Detroit. There he crosses paths with Clement Mansell, a.k.a. the Oklahoma Wildman, a violent sociopathic desperado who's already slipped through the fingers of Detroit's finest once and aims to do so again. Mansell's lawyer, formidable Motor City native uh, Carolyn Wilder, has every intention of representing her client, even as she finds herself caught in between cop and criminal with her own game of foot as well. That is classic to the story. Uh, Joelle Carter uh, was a caught her character of Ava Crowder was caught between Raylan and Boyd. Uh, Natalie Z's character was married to it, these are very uh, fit really well within the, the context of Elmore Leonard's writing and Graham Yost's uh, adaptation. Mm -hmm. So it says uh, David Andron and Michael Dinner will serve as writer and showrunner executive producer of the new series with dinner directing. Uh, that's troublesome. If it's not grand, if it's not Graham Yost, I have questions, but we will see. Uh, with dinner directing, Oliphant will executive produce. Uh, that doesn't really matter. That just me. Creator Graham Yost executive produces along with uh, Sarah Timberman and Carly Beverly. Carl Beverly. So I mean, Graham Yost is involved, but he's not in a. Cre it doesn't look like he's in a creative role. 
Um, Justified was one of the most critically acclaimed shows of the past decade uh, and is an adaptation of Elmore Leonard's work that is so colorfully brought to life by Oliphant as Raylan Givens, Graham Yost, and the entire team of producers, writers, directors, and cast. If I believe correctly, they... Uh, I don't want to quote on something that I'm... I'm let me see if I can find it here. I'm going to aside here temporarily. But we'll go, I'll finish this and then I'll go back to it. When Justified concluded, the love and affection for this exceptional series only grew and left audiences craving more Raylan Givens. It had one of the best ending scenes you'll ever see in a TV show. Mm-hmm. You kind of have to have seen the... You have to see it the whole way through to appreciate it. But if you want to see an ending, like even out of context of what happens, mm-hmm. just to see these two... Ag- it's a... Uh, I'll show it. Maybe I'll show it to you later. And, okay. And just, just so you can get a, uh, a feel for like what these characters sound like. Yeah. Um, uh, this now marks the second time that uh, Oliphant has returned to a lawman character in the past few years. He, yeah, he came back to Deadwood. They made a Deadwood movie a couple of years, uh, two years ago on HBO. So he's coming back to these characters because he's probably sick of people saying, when are you going to play this character again? So uh, I just really think that uh, if people are looking for a good show, watch this and then watch out for uh, the remake once they do that or the adaptation once they do that because it will be very, very good. Cool. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know. Uh, does that seem like uh, – does Western anything interest you? Westworld was really interesting to me. That's that's sci-fi too. Mm-hmm. Um, well, for me, I feel like mm-hmm. when I was younger, I liked Western comedies. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. other than that, I wasn't really interested in it because I got more into like medieval mm-hmm. times instead or like dark fantasies. I think period like TV shows or period pieces mm-hmm. are, are interesting. Um, yeah. And I think Western hasn't been explored enough because we think of it as too close to our own experience. Um, yeah. Because it's like Americana. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited for any Western Westerns or Western hybrids. Mm-hmm. So that's, it says, uh, Walton Goggins, who was born in Alabama and grew up in Georgia, originally declined the role of Boyd Crowder out of concern that the show would perpetuate negative stereotypes of Southerners as one-dimensional hillbillies and rednecks. He changed his mind and did the pilot as a favor to Timothy Oliphant, who he knew through Friends. It was supposed to be one episode only. Broad, Boyd Crowder originally died in the original uh, pilot script, uh, as he did in the novel, uh, and the novel of fire in the hole that he was based on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they reshot that ending scene because his character was so magnetic and they brought him back as a regular character through the whole thing. Like I said, th- the portrayals of these characters are the farthest thing from one dimensional in an age where t- writing seems to be extremely one dimensional mm-hmm. for television characters. Mm-hmm. For I feel like characters. it's always a good sign when like a character or an actor does something so well, they're like, no, we can't let you go. Exactly. Exactly. So it says some actors have said that the working environment on the show is very different from other shows because writers were really open to suggest from the cast even while shooting scenes to the point where they would stop shooting a scene sit around and discuss it and see if there was room to improve room for improvement that's almost unheard of mm-hmm. in that industry because it has to work on such a tight schedule that they don't really usually have time to do that mm-hmm. so yes uh so guys uh i, I really do recommend that uh, at the very least if you don't have any interest in going to see uh watching the new version mm-hmm. i think that everyone would benefit from watching the actual uh the original show justified and okay. it is uh, it is on either hulu or amazon prime cool so you'll uh, just find it yes you will find it mm-hmm. um well actually we could probably just look that up right now mm-hmm. um usually it says uh <coughs> on there where it's available I, the problem is, like, I'm so used to the app. Oh, it's on Hulu. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. I say we go in to Podluck. There, I had to... I you had, had to, to repeat yourself. I had to transition. Where's, uh, our, where's our intro song? Uh, I thought we talked about this. Da, 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 da. Da. Uh, 
so yeah this is going to be like the world's longest episode that's okay guys <laughs> it's, We're okay. it's okay for some people who don't have other Sorry. jobs to do well, well we'll we'll just do the how about this we'll just do the we'll just do the 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 tim allen and leticia wright one and we'll do betty white Mm-hmm. We'll do all of them. We'll do the just do some hot takes real okay. fast. So t- uh, basically, this I just wanted to talk about. Tim Allen is back at Disney. Okay, uh, they're doing a Santa Claus t- TV series for oh, Disney. Oh, really? For a Disney TV Plus. series? Yay! Yep. that's fascinating. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know how you do the Santa Claus as a TV series, but as my everyone favorite, wants to know what Santa does in the fall. I'm just telling you. It's what we yeah, do. like the Fairly Odd Parents did a whole episode of what Santa does in the fall, mm-hmm. like like in the summer so basically he becomes like this ripped man and he still has the famous like beard and he wears the hat but he's like ripped and he's like a surfer dude and he's like sup timmy yeah so the the main reason i want to talk about this is we're only going to really talk about the article headline here so Mm -hmm. tim allen is back at disney uh for disney plus for the the santa claus and letitia wright is back on set finishing up uh black panther 2 as shuri and what this proves is that Twitter does not run the world because no. Twitter hates these two. Twitter Twitter absolutely hates Letitia Wright right now and they Why? hate Tim. They hate she Tim doesn't Al- want to take the vaccine. Yes. Uh, ah, they, they, unvaccinated they, at Disney? They hate Tim Allen because he's uh, yeah. sem- semi-conservative. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, he's vaguely know. conservative, so therefore he's Therefore evil. he's evil. He's a villain. Uh, I, and then they well, don't like... Well, have you seen his TV show, Last Man Standing? Yeah. He talks yes. about his views a lot. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, But he, uh, he has the gall of being open about it. Mm-hmm. But uh, the show basically says, uh, Alan is reuniting with Jack Burnt, creator of Alan's hit sitcom, Last Man Standing, mm-hmm. uh, who will serve as executive producer and showrunner on the Santa Claus... Uh, the Last Man Standing producer, Kevin Hinch, will executive produce the new series alongside Alan's managers, Richard Barker and Rick Messina. So a lot of his you know, people are coming back mm-hmm. for it. And then the, the Black Panther 2 thing, it's funny, she got injured. Mm-hmm. Um, and people were, uh, there was conspiracy theories abound that it wasn't an injury that she was out for, that they were getting rid of her because Twitter was backlashing her. And as we know, Twitter, uh, the, the, the five psychos on Twitter get to run mm-hmm. pretty much everything in the world. Twitter in outrage, five people responded. <laughs> It's, yeah. a, it's always it's like uh, so and so like Letitia Wright responds to backlash and they look at the backlash it's like from some dude who's like Mike 9292 on mm-hmm. Twitter and that's the backlash you're yeah. facing um, they never look at it as like okay Mike 9292 and four other people hate you but how many people yeah. support you? Mm-hmm. My my take on this is basically that the uh, American dollar and the way you spend your attention is uh basically invaluable i yeah. mean yeah. if his it, it, tim allen's show was successful they were a good pairing they kicked it off the abc company, and it went to fox right yep yeah the like, company is like look we just have to keep it like there's yeah. nothing we can do even if we want to s- signal something else um mm-hmm. you know it's it's both of these things are worth keeping around they try to get the i mean every couple of years somebody tries to cancel south park yep. south park tried to cancel south park and they make too much money. It makes them too much money. So therefore, same with Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yep. Uh, they're allowed to, they're, they're kind of grandfathered in because they make them so much money. And what's funny about the Letitia Wright one is like I mentioned recently, I said, there is nothing higher on the progressive stack now than vaccine. Uh, you cannot question it. Mm-hmm. You're not allowed to. They, will, they don't care what you look like. They don't care if you're religious. Mm-hmm. If you do not support it, they come for you and they and they Mm -hmm. and what disney disney does something better than all these other studios do the the same thing happened remember when roseanne Barr got uh canceled per se Mm -hmm. uh and then 
uh, weirdo conservatives came back and were like, we're going to cancel James Gunn because he made creepy tweets like yeah. 15 years ago. Yeah. Disney fired him from Guardians of the Galaxy 3. He went over to DC and did the Suicide Squad and then they quietly rehired him for Guardians of the Galaxy 3. They just have to 3. wait yeah. that one out. They just waited it out. So they they gave the, they uh, they showed, pretended to appease them mm-hmm. and fired him and then brought him back. So I think that's what they did here. Like she got hurt so then they just don't talk about it for a while. Now she's back and they Disney's wait, just... They wait till things cool off. I mean, mm-hmm. when Louis C.K got into trouble for his you know yep. sex scandal like it, he waited and then people were like and then he performed at a comedy club and some people were mad but at that point you know attention had moved on mm-hmm. but that's what i think this is it's just you can't deny what's you, actually successful no nope, you can't and she was the most what says like she was one of the most loved characters from that original uh from the black panther movie mm-hmm. uh it's the trope it's the, the she's a woman she loves the science but it, I actually like her. Character. She's charismatic. Yeah, she's and a charismatic. If they lady. do make her into Ironheart, I don't think they will. But they won't. If they do, I kind of feel like she matches it. But Ironheart, also, if you read the comic book series, a lot of people don't like her. Oh yeah, the uh, both. We're going to talk about Miss Marvel tomorrow mm-hmm. too. Reshoots, but Miss Marvel and Ironheart are both starting from huge disadvantages as far as like how they're looked at in the general <gasps> in the general cultural zeitgeist around mm-hmm. these characters. Uh, Letitia Wright, uh, basically she's, she is very, she's religious. She's very religious and she Mm -hmm. says, I'm very hesitant to take this vaccine. And so for that, she needs to be excised from society and she's Mm -hmm. no longer allowed to be, uh, to be out there. So, um, but there, she was injured. She had like, it says a fracture and a concussion with severe side effects. So, uh, filming was suspended in November, um, creating, it says here, creating uh, speculation that her stance on mandated vaccination was, uh, truly the cause of the delays and outlets, uh, outlets like CBR, who we do report with, who I do quote sometimes here, Mm -hmm. but but are very, very, uh, I don't like, I don't like the editorialization at CBR says demanding that she be replaced Mm -hmm. because of course, because we have nothing better to do with our lives. So I'm glad to see that both of them are going to be able to stay uh, and continue working on projects. It's hope. It's a hopeful sign for people uh, for the future. So we'll like, we'll say, uh, do you, would you watch a Santa Claus TV show when it comes out? I knew you would. I had a feeling, it, and you're, we'll watch Black Panther two either way. Yeah, when it, when well, it comes for out. me, I love Tim Allen. Like I watched his, really, yeah, I really love Tim Allen. I watched this whole series of um, Last Man Standing, and they Did cast. You ever see Home Improvement? A little bit, yes. Okay, mm-hmm. that's awesome. Yeah, and then I remember his. Um, what else did he act in that I love? I know I love him in Toy Story. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like, that's Disney is bankable. He's bankable for mm-hmm. Disney. They've been working together for like 20 gazillion years. A lot of people were mad he doesn't play Buzz Lightyear mm-hmm. in the new uh, Lightyear movie, but that's because yeah. it's uh, the Lightyear is, ba- is the real person that the toy is based on, so it makes yeah. sense to cast a different person. Yeah, exactly. But so. for me, um, I really love that, like, last man standing and i'm happy that he's back with disney because disney needs to shut up and have more diversity yep. all they ma- gotta do is bring back gina carano yeah exactly <laughs> but um basically for me last man standing they recasted a lot of the characters i heard that, mm-hmm. that like uh, the first season they had a different daughter for the oldest daughter but then something happened they said because she she didn't want to play the role anymore so they casted the main uh the main daughter as she is but then she didn't want the role anymore so they wrote her off like basically saying yeah. she disappeared maybe we get mm-hmm. uh david krumholtz back as the elf in, yeah in in the miracle or in uh 
in the Santa, Santa Claus. Claus. I, was, I almost said Miracle I, on 34th Street. Mm, so, not the same movie, but... Not the same movie. Mm-hmm. So You're I, trying, bro. I want to talk Betty White. Betty... Uh, let's, let's, let's wait, go. we're skipping over Britney Spears. Do, do you want to cover Britney Spears? Do you have time? Can we do a, can we do a fast speed through on Britney Spears? Well, let's, Betty just, White let's just go straight to Betty White. Okay, let's, let's just go that. straight to Betty White. We'll mm-hmm. just do Betty White. Um, this is a really interesting because I've been seeing this for... A, so um, yesterday was Betty White's birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and says uh, it would have been her hundredth, right? Yes. Yep. Uh, so it says um, Betty White challenge is trending on Twitter for her one hundredth birthday. It says Betty White was a friend of countless animals uh, throughout her legendary life, and now with the legacy, now that legacy is living on. A new challenge inspired by the late comedic icon is currently sweeping through social media. The so-called Betty White challenge is a virtual event that will be held on Monday, January seventeenth, which would have been the actress's one hundredth birthday. This article is from a couple mm-hmm. days ago, and they got another one from TMZ. It says the Golden Girl star was a pioneering animal rights activist who adored the furry ones she was a devoted animal lover who worked on saving endangered species and fixing conditions at the los angeles zoo white passed away december 31st at the age of 99 uh matt uh, bershacker uh president of the nonprofit the mm-hmm. uh, the aspca which i made a joke I, I i meant to say the splc the other day and i said the aspca <laughs> <laughs> expressed his sadness over her death he stated, Betty White demonstrated a lifelong commitment to helping animals in need, including dedicated support for shelter, local shelters and animal welfare endeavors, fiercely promoting and protecting animal interests in her entertainment projects, and personally adopting many rescued animals. Uh, it says, uh, he added, Betty was a, co- a constant, compassionate advocate for vulnerable animals across the country and will be greatly missed. So the, it says, uh, now if we go here to the TMZ article, it says, fans sparked the Betty White challenge encouraging animal activism. Mm-hmm. Fans from all over the nation are gearing up for what would have been Betty White's 100th birthday, joining in on a challenge encouraging fans to spread the love to animals in need and donate to local orgs. Uh, Brittany Viscara was, uh, from Paw Works joined us on TMZ Live to pitch the Betty White Challenge, as you know. Uh, Betty White was a fierce animal rights advocate, so we go down here and it says... Uh, Paw Works is an animal rescue that, uh, that places unwanted animals in L.A. shelters into loving homes. Uh, and it's basically it's challenging people to adopt uh, different animals, right? Mm-hmm. That's cool. Uh, and I've actually just, uh, what's funny about this is, um, it's, oh, it says, uh, the Brittany says the challenge is about everybody doing more just like Betty by caring for abandoned and abused animals. Uh, Do you want to adopt the animal? I had three friends on social media today mm-hmm. post pictures at shelters going to get animals and none of them mentioned the Betty White Challenge. So I don't know if it was just a coincidence. Was it an algorithmic uh, it's like power of suggestion. Yeah. Someone on their timeline was getting animal who didn't yeah. mention it, or maybe they did. Like, like, I am ready for a dog. You think they would have tagged, you know, if they were going, if you went all the way to a shelter and got an animal just because Betty White. But maybe they're not. I mean, what if it's just, I wonder if we can find information about like when uh, adoption season, you know, like yeah. weddings are concentrated in certain times of the year because the weather's nice. Like if it's far enough out from Christmas and uh, people are like, Oh, but I am kind of lonely. I want a dog. And it's not just saying to adopt. It's just, it just says, Brittany says, it's super simple to be more like Betty. Folks can volunteer, adopt, foster, or find other ways to be involved. So they're saying just be involved in mm-hmm. animal rescue. Be involved in that stuff. So uh, I know a lot of people when the lockdowns first went in, mm-hmm. tons of people started signing up to foster pets because they were home more and they had the time and yeah. you know, they could, could also, accommodate an animal that might need a little bit more care. That's mm-hmm. true. And also for kitten season if you want to adopt a cat it's through it's july through december what's kitten season like adopting cats for paws oh mm-hmm. 
because you were like, asking about like when is the season and i was like i'm kind of curious is too. That a thing? i just meant like if there's a trend like certain times of the years mm-hmm. people tend to like you know this happens know across all industries like people tend to buy look look at more houses in the spring mm-hmm. winter tends to be slower like and if there's a time of year when people are like mm-hmm. ah it's time like back to school season or like you know yeah. people might get a bunch around christmas because they give them as pets yeah and then for gifts. puppies it is bring season when they adopt like a new dog I know because social mm-hmm. media always has to be negative. I've seen things on Instagram about like from like uh, pound, like you know, from like animal shelters and vets who talk about how uh, it's a busy season after Christmas because animals get sent back. Because so social sad. media can't ever be positive. Well, um, I also think like a dog is not a gift, nope. so like don't put one under your tree. Like you know, you have to have a. On a b- bigger understanding of the commitment behind dog you can't just be like it's so cute it'd be so adorable exactly so i don't know uh we've got bocus here so i'm i'm all good on the but pet but if front. you want to adopt a pet let's adopt a hedgehog name it sega. miracle miracle really name won't. it betty N- no we're naming it sega because brett thought it was a good idea well to sonic the hedgehog is too on the nose mm-hmm. but sega the system which played sonic is much better mm-hmm Yes. Well, also so inside baseball right now. Mm-hmm. Well, also I want to adopt like a a Maine Coon because I I, yeah, I had a Maine Coon cat growing up. I She's think, beautiful. I think they're so beautiful, and I think it's so cute how like they grow really huge than the average cat. Mm-hmm. So I kind of want it because when I first got this job, I was being interviewed by Allison, and I was looking outside the window, and I thought Bucko was a bobcat for a quick <laughs> second, and I was like, why is there a bobcat on your? Did property see, and did, she was like oh no that's just bucko did you see the uh in the vlo- do you see the vlog today yeah they that re- they got trapped they well they tried to they tried to send bucko outside and he just was like nope walked right back inside <laughs> yes. i'm not doing with the snow yeah bucko's not an outdoor cat nope. when it's snowing only on his ter- only on his terms like mm-hmm. he's sure he's all independent and and uh, on his own in the summer mm-hmm. but come this time of year he's like no i'll, I'll stay inside it's like, no, no he tries to go outside too there was a couple of times i had to run after him he's given that up now he's mm-hmm. he sees the he, snow he's, he's like no inside thanks. for the season he is mm-hmm. so no also he likes to hiss at my shoes because i blocked the door <laughs> fair enough mm-hmm. so we, lo- we love him and i post my at least one bucko uh post like on instagram like every other day on we on follow each other on instagram yes now. we do I, I saw that i was like oh Can we you came like up in my explore page did? i was like that garage looks really familiar it's amazing it's amazing it so, knows that we like have people in common yeah it probably yeah. senses our phones are near each other mm-hmm. tim was like i still get your because like t- i came to work here because tim found me on instagram mm-hmm. he's like i still get sent your videos all the time i was like well yeah i'm still making them and and it knows you're on the same network mm-hmm. yep. so. so all right uh why don't you tell everyone hannah claire your social media so they know where to find you yeah thanks again for having me guys yes. um mm-hmm. i'm on instagram at hannah claire dot b i'm on twitter at hc brimlow i think it's hc dot brimlow i'm mm-hmm. not totally sure um make them work for it <laughs> look i don't post on twitter but if you follow me perhaps i will start and you can of course find me at timcast.com i'm part of the news team mm-hmm. thank you for coming thanks that was for a having lot of fun. me that was a long episode but that yeah was, that it was, was good. miracle why don't you tell everyone your social media so i'll everything. have social media because it rots your brain does it really yeah it does does it really look at all the influencers on hype tv <laughs> that tv show is so stupid i only watched a trailer and a review for it and i already had a headache because they all complained one guy disappeared for three months but he was still posting on social media they're like you're so ungrateful and they keep on saying they're rich but they share a mansion together 
with nine people. This is a long outro. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just really mad because they claim that they're rich. And I'm like, no, you're renting. That's not called rich. <laughs> you, you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Miracle's biggest pet peeve is when you claim you're rich, but you're really renting. So mm-hmm. please don't do that to her. Uh, if you guys want to follow me on social media, I do talk pop culture and movies in my mm-hmm. Instagram story. But mostly I just post skating stuff. It's on IG at at Brett Dasovic. Uh, you can follow the social medias for Pop Culture Crisis on Twitter at Pop Culture underscore show. We are also on TikTok and Facebook at Pop Culture Crisis. If you watch our videos on YouTube, uh, all the segments have a link to the Spotify playlist so you can watch all the videos, uh, all the, the podcast the whole way through. Uh, and that is available in each one of the segments. And then the full length episodes, uh, like I said, are available on Spotify. They are available on Pandora, on Amazon Music, and on Apple podcast we will be back with another episode tomorrow and guess who's going to be here chris carr ladies and gentlemen chris carr is back we will see you then bye bye guys it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.